Well, actually, what would start is the this, the music would play probably. Well, Who knew? Who knew? Who's there? It gets more and more salient every time I listen more and more in depth. They've got time on their hands. We do the have lonely time. girls. The lonely girls. Are you ready for the lonely girls? This is are yeah. you ready for the sex girls? We always are ready for sex girls. A podcast about movie soundtracks. We a podcast that. about movie soundtracks made by two nerds looking for revenge. Two brothers. Who also, hap- who also happen to be brothers. This is uh, MC Raw Knuckles. <laughs> this is... Of the corona- coronavirus. <laughs> oh my God. I, no one wants to hear our jokes anymore. How have the Not jokes joke. changed? How have the jokes changed since a month ago when we first, for our first coronavirus podcast? People really quickly fell into jokes about getting haircuts, which I was. Surprised. Is that what it was? Yeah. I mean, I know, I just like the first jokes I thought of, we said we, we were saying the, the beer jokes the last time. And then I think that next week after we recorded that, there were jokes about, um, there were a lot more jokes about uh, people putting corona into a song. You remember that? That feels like ages ago. Um, it cycles through. Like I've seen, yeah. I've just seen a lot of people. I feel like fell into jokes about cutting their own hair, and I didn't know people had to cut their hair that much. I get a haircut like three times a year. Yeah, I get my haircut literally every six months. I get it twice a year. So why why are all these people cutting their hair so much? I don't know. They're cutting their home sh- and screwing it up. And that was like two weeks into the thing. Like two and yeah. It doesn't really. I, and uh, my wife Kelly, she gets her hair cut once a year. So I, did, I didn't think women had to. I don't know. Maybe there's something I don't know. Maybe there is like barbershop. Those movies, people go in. Yeah. They get their yeah. social fix and they and they get their hair. Yeah, straight. maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's more about the camaraderie around it than it is yeah. about anything else. Yeah. And people get their nails done and all that stuff too. Maybe it's just a mixture of all that put together. That's yeah, I like that. That's underscore. That's the underscore of what they're missing is ultimately the <clears throat> the, the chattiness. Yeah, the interaction, the chattiness that happens at the barber shop or the beauty shop, so they, or the the one that has both sexes, the barber beauty. <laughs> so they chop their hair at home. Peter Barbara. They screw it up on purpose just so they have something to make a joke about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they can make a joke on Twitter. But anyway, that said, our real names are Sean Mike, Betcher. Yep, Sean Betcher and Mike Betcher, brothers. And I mean, I also like, I guess I didn't give myself a, you called yourself MC Ron Knuckles. Yeah. I guess I'm uh, D, DJ Easter Egg. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I guess we did have Easter recently. Yeah. Oh, and we've been planting Easter eggs, so. No, and we've my, been putting, I just we've been, early in our, our relationship, like I just denounced lotion 
pretty much. Mm-hmm. So now I've had to like stick through that even in this situation. But yeah, my hands are getting pretty bad. I'm yeah, I just start I just saw a there's a WhatsApp text that has my wife on it and one of her friends and I, I like looked at it and there were seventy messages missed and it was exactly about the lotions that they had given each other that are like coming in handy now. And I'm with you. I, I've never used lotion. And they were just talking lotions for 70-ish texts back and forth. Mm, that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, it was actually pretty relaxing. So it was like I was using lotion, even though I, I wasn't using lotion, reading about them using each other's lotions, hand lotions. I'm having bad dreams at night about lotions. <laughs> <laughs> How could I could never have a bad dream about lotion? I mean, even though again, I don't use it, I don't know where that comes. Maybe that's because I don't use it either. Maybe that's something that was ingrained in us. So I thought our mom really did like lotions. Maybe it was just maybe our father was anti-lotion. But I, I, I don't. I could never have a bad dream about lotion. It's just, it's nice. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like any belly button or Audi belly buttons. Yeah. Your lotion or non-lotion. Yeah, you're but one then, or the other. I might really you're either, in your Audi, just like in your Audi, you're either a freak or you're not. Yeah. I might really get into it with this. This might be the one positive is that I become a lotion guy and maybe I'll even sell lotion online. I don't know. On Facebook. No, but on, yeah. And I mean, honestly, Audi belly button people, we're just kidding. You're not freaks. You just make us throw up in our mouths a little bit. Yeah. That's my wife too. <laughs> And it pops sometimes when she was pregnant, it popped out like a turkey was done. <laughs> Yum. Weird. No, but these, I mean, they say it's worse if your knuckles and your skin start cracking because, like, then it's got an opening for the disease, too. So mm, yeah. that's why I've got all these band aids all over them, too. There's so many paradoxes with this disease, aren't there? We're also doing a lot of washing dishes by hand because we were running the dishwasher about three times a day, which was ridiculous. And it's a lot more efficient just to wash dishes as you go, kind of. Well, yeah. Well, welcome to our world since we haven't had a dishwasher. For oh, five. I like it. I'm really liking it. So yeah, we've always we've always actually liked it. It makes you cognizant of what you're, um, kind of what you're doing and what you're, you know, how many you're, how many dishes you're making dirty, and yeah. then yeah, as you do it, you just go, okay, I ate that. Now I'm going to clean it and then let it dry. I was always hooked on sweeping and vacuuming i've picked you know i've continued that and now i like hand washing dishes and lotions so slowly but surely you're gonna you're gonna get make your way back to 1895 (laughs) grow that beard out really really long probably back. i did try at the beginning i'm thinking back to 1918 when the spanish flu occurred (laughs) Mm. too soon too soon. Too Nobody soon. makes the Spanish. <laughs> First of all, no one it wasn't. Makes jokes it about didn't, the Spanish flu. It didn't come. It from didn't Spain. start in Spain, so you're racist. But everyone already Kansas. knows that. Started in Kansas, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri. The Missouri flu. Missouri. Missouri. Where <laughs> <laughs> we drink soda pop. We always drank all that soda. And I don't know. Is there any other local colloquialism? Rice crispy chicken. Rice crispy chicken. We drank so That's the classiest chicken when your chicken is covered in rice krispies. I think so. 
I'm telling you, right? I've the Michelin star restaurants you went to had rice crispy chicken. Everybody just takes the regional delicacies and or street food from another country and then turns it into fine dining. That's all you have to do. Well, we're on episode six. It is April. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. April showers bring May. Bring May. We can't say it. Don't say it. Bring April, May. May flowers bring April. Shit. Wait, what are you saying? Gonna do it. (laughs) (laughs) Not gonna do it. I don't know what you're saying. I was saying, I was skipping April, so I was saying oh. May flowers oh, bring man. April, which is what we're in for this episode, and then I was going to say the name, but then I did a psych out oh, and backed oh, up. Oh, and good. then when I backed up and did the psych out, then I started doing Dana Carvey's version of George Bush, the first one. I got lost, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good job. I'm glad you explained all that. <laughs> Who did the worst? You know who did the worst president was John Lovitz doing Michael Dukakis. That was the one. I really like that one. Well, he didn't even. I say, always, he barely even said words. So <laughs> yeah, he, he just I know. He was Dukakis just like standing, and he knew it, and he had to say like. I voted for Michael Dukakis. I remember at like the Western Hills, our elementary school. Election. You know, had like an election. Yeah, I when remember voting 12. for Michael Dukakis. Yeah, it would have been no. That was eighty-eight. I was eight. Well, that's, we're going to, I think um, sometime this year, we should mix in some uh, election soundtrack songs. Like, let's go through the um, candidates with the most hilarious songs they picked for their, you know, candidacies or something. And yeah. then kind of run through some of those because there's been, some, they look, so, most of the time, they look, they look cheesy when they go out there with a certain song they picked. And they're doing their, like, Elaine dance from Seinfeld, you know? Yeah. And some of them, no, make, I get it. some of them make no sense at all. So I was thinking, yeah, that I'd like to a, a month ago or so. It's like let's just sprinkle some of those in as we get closer to election time. But yeah, yeah was... our sixth episode. This is are you ready for the sex girls again? Movie or a podcast about movie soundtracks. A lot of them stem in the eighties because that's when we grew up. So it's kind of got our favorite ones, and that's what we're mainly kicking off with. Except because of except... the virus. This episode, we said we're flipping it in the switch. Oh, my God. That we've been holding back on. Can you believe it? Oh, listeners. Oh, listeners. I wish I was in your shoes. And we're screwing with you. We're screwing with the formula. We're screwing with the the formula that you've all gotten used to over these past five episodes. Episode six, we're stepping oh so slightly into into the the 1990s. The 90s. That's right. Come on, people are loving the '90s lately. It's I know in. we're it's almost coming. like riding that bandwagon too hard by doing this one. It is pretty but good. So we, you know, I was gonna say, Mikey, this is one where we say, okay, so right, we 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 got into these eight. We knew these '80s soundtracks growing up. We started buying them on vinyl. This is one where this was one of the first CDs we owned uh, jointly uh, was the soundtrack for this movie. I recall, yeah, buying it. And uh, yeah, Mikey and I actually shared a, and I guess maybe people did this. I mean, what, our stereo was like a joint gift. So a lot of the CDs that uh, Mikey and I bought 
around this time through when we were 15, 16, we would, we would just buy together. Yep. Um, team in, effort. The, in the stereo. Yeah. Team I effort. You were older, so you got quite a few more and I just leached off you, but I still got some. For yeah, but I still, you still got some. You got, yeah. I mean, it's going back to last episode. I think you bought Alanis Morissette Jagged Little Pill. So I yeah. remember you bought that one. But the first it's one, we no, it's no, it's no, it's no, what's it called? Just one of the girls soundtrack. I know. I wish we had that instead of Jagged God Little Pill. God damn it. That would be a classic. We would have been so much fucking cooler if we would have had that. I don't even know if they offered that. On CD, <laughs> it was probably still out just on tape and like one of the singles. But actually, the first yeah. CD we ever got as a family, I think, was C- CNC Music Factory. But maybe we shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> no, we probably shouldn't. Well, the first CD we ever listened to, Dad rented a CD player from the library, hooked it up to the stereo, like figured out how to hook it up to the stereo components for the from the record player. And he actually and killed um, himself. And he killed himself. <laughs> and Urkel had to come in and give him CPR. Like <laughs> give him CPR. He had so wires. we've been orphans. So whenever CD players came out, like in a mass market way in like 1990, we've been orphans. Thank That's you, really the, the thank you so part much. of this podcast. Urkel saves everything. Which is again. yeah, but thank you for for saving him, Urkel. But no, he. He rented, rented or checked out, I guess is what you, is the better term for a library, checked out Rhythm Nation. That was the first CD we listened to. Yeah, that's because that was on CD. But and I think he did that because he just wanted to listen to the CD. And he wasn't, he was like, well, I don't, I, I don't know. I think she just released it on CD or maybe he hadn't released it on vinyl. And so I remember that that was a big deal to listen to on that. Libraries can be amazing things that we got. Yeah, to- I mean, that's pretty. To me, that's West Des Moines Library, 1991. Yeah. And you could get get Rhythm Nation and a CD player or CD player. That's pretty cool. I mean, down the street, we got a really small library down the street from us, but they've partnered with the record store, you know, right across from our house. And they've got a pretty cool record collection that you can check out and including a lot of new releases and stuff like they cycle them through there. And, um, you know, they give them at a discounted rate to the library or something. And it's pretty, pretty, pretty nice, too. So all I got to say is, even though uh, Bernie just dropped out, yay, socialism. Go socialism. Oh, because of the library. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> you're, you're on point tonight. I know. I stayed up late last night a little bit. So I'm maybe a little bit behind. Um, okay. Right. So, yeah. So. But check out, we always do this at the beginning, check out previous five episodes. Um, they're one to we were counting them down prior, right? One to, so three, we, one to three hours each, or two to three hours, <laughs> I should say. So I think our first one was actually clocked in under two, yeah. and then we just Let it went, from there. went from there. <laughs> but that's okay. We're just doing whatever feels natural. And uh, if you've got an hour, listen for an hour. And if you're bored, turn it off. I mean, if you're bored, turn it off whenever. Oh no! Don't yeah. turn it off. Keep listening. Switch to the next one. <laughs> See if the next. Just switch to the next one. There's yeah. five now, and there will be yeah. six. So just do that. We get uh, Revenge of the Nerds for the first one, which is a great movie. Coming to America, um, Last Dragon, just one of the um, guys, and then last episode did Better Off Dead. So all great flicks, all great soundtracks, including the one we're going to do now, which we mentioned we're completely pumped about. We're changing the formula a little bit. Whatever. We didn't say it was going to be hard and fast. 
Um, we don't have any guests tonight. We've had guests the last couple episodes. We'll probably do some more guests here coming up. We got some other th- fun things planned and some coming episodes. We're going to do a couple little different things here and there. And um, uh, we hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah. And I, I will say, I think we're, we we thought we would eventually split the switch to the 90s, maybe like 100 episodes in. But it just felt um, right with everything that's going on. Plus sort of, I would say, the general feeling that this, um, there's there's some angstiness in the air, right? There's yeah. a little bit of frustration. So it felt like the time to, to flip the switch if there ever was one. There's a lot. Uh, of- and do the, do the soundtrack we were going to do right now. And I, th- I guarantee you, I'll know that the podcast has really, really caught on if when we're like, all social distancing but people are still like kind of like playing music out of their cars or walking around with speakers i hear more i hear i feel like i hear more people biking with speakers now maybe than were before uh something there you know people have always done that but i feel like more people are doing it or running around with the speakers on uh and if i hear this soundtrack just kind of blaring everywhere then i will know we hope we will we have won essentially if that occurs right now there's tons of judgment going on just tons. Oh my god. Yes. DJ, excuse me, are you DJ Easter Egg? What are you doing? No, I was DJ Raw <laughs> Knuckles. Remember we talked about that for like Yeah, I know, but you're MC, you're right now you're totally being MC That's DJ White Knuckles head. Easter Egg. No, but we went to the Oh, what a tease. We went Teasy to the, Weezy. We went to the state park and one of them and it was way too crowded and you know, people were not abiding by the spacing rules and there's groups of kids there, you know, with like 20 people and stuff. So we we started to do the hike, just stopped, went and found a green open space. And then we just judged people like the whole time, yeah, for like two hours, just like compared to people. Perfect. So I think a lot of people are doing exactly. that. It's kind of a fun activity. <laughs> it is to just judge others. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to judge others about their lack of social distancing skills. Yeah. Uh, or lack of following the rules. Oh, that's America is great at that. Yeah. Um, and while can I may ask, as you sat in that green field as a family judging other families, did you listen to this soundtrack that we're going to review? Um, yeah, just like one of the tracks over and over again. <laughs> so we can talk about that when we get into it, which one it is. People right. could guess All right. and we'll tell them the next episode or something. But uh, format, format of the show is um, we basically just kind of get things warmed up like we've been doing. And then we go through some key kind of action items or um and or corrections from the last episode yeah and we do a little something and i'm gonna say little something yeah go, i was gonna say we, we i don't think we, i feel like we don't have a ton for this one for this last one that was like our most perfect episode oh wait here i'll do another presidential impression that was a perfect episode <laughs> was that <laughs> michael dukakis that was Dukakis. Wow. Who else would it be? That's really good. That was Lovitz's Dukakis. No, I, I know we don't, but we also have just topics we come up with. So I've got a few of those. We really have a few corrections. Yeah. And then we go through the movie, a little summary of the movie, and then go through most of the soundtrack uh, for the movie. And uh, sometimes we get a little bit, sometimes we do just some of the tracks and the score. Sometimes we do some different things. But tonight for this movie, we've got the soundtrack and we're going to go through every song which will be awesome so mm-hmm. should we get into some of the running topics from last meeting for a little bit sure okay yeah um so this was this is for our episode of better off dead the uh 
most people know it as the John Cusack movie better off dead. Yeah. And uh, last episode two with the coronavirus was kicking off. So we mentioned that. And so we had a little quick summary about movies related to viruses. And one, we talked about contagion and outbreak. And I went and just looked back at the movie Outbreak real quick and um, listened to the soundtrack a bit. And like we thought, <laughs> it's basically um, just a score by James Newton Howard, but he's a very famous uh, composer. He's been nominated for eight Academy Awards, um, including um, Pretty Woman, The Fugitive, and The Dark Knight series with Christopher Nolan. So he's Mm. got some good experience there. Um, The soundtrack's pretty intense, like we thought. And uh, the title track of one of the score songs is Jimbo Gets Sick. (laughs) So kind of, <laughs> who was who was Jimbo in that movie? <laughs> there, I think there's like a southern guy or something that drives a truck. Okay, I don't remember, but okay. it showed some reason that hones on him as a person that gets the disease. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but the, what was funny is like when I looked at some of the stuff, this outbreak soundtrack was crazy. All the ties it had to things we've talked about before. I wait. I called, hold on. Can I just tell you? What? Jimbo is Patrick Dempsey, the guy from like Can't Buy Me Love. I know. Why is he Jimbo? That's it, it is. You looked it up real quick. I never looked. I yes. Okay. I can't remember, but that's crazy. Yeah, we we gotta do what? What? He just doesn't seem like a Jimbo. Is no, I don't, I don't remember that part no, of the that's, movie. That's not good casting. Now I gotta watch this. We'll yeah. watch it next time. I know. But yeah. this movie's like the cosmic key to everything. Um, and I want to focus in on the year 1995 um of james newton howard which is crazy because um in that year he was up for an emmy for a tv show theme song that he wrote and it was the theme song to er and oh my what's God. crazy is we had john or eric dr john on last <laughs> yeah and we have eric lasalle from coming to america that was on er we have um john nice What's his name from? We always forget his name from Revenge of the Nerds that was on ER. Um, we've talked about. Like, oh yeah, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, and then John, Doctor John was on last episode, and one of the questions we didn't ask him, but might in the future, was how much he loved the ER um, soundtrack songs. That was crazy, but <laughs> he lost to Star Trek Voyager that year. Oh my God! What was Star Trek Voyager? It's just like an, another version yeah, of a Star Trek it, song. It just was riding the coattails of Star other Star Trek shows, I think, because the song was horrible. It was not good at all. The oh ER song kicked its butt. Other nominees, yeah. is "We're Friends." You know that song? I hate that song, but still, I mean, it's We're popular. Friends? The the show Friends. Oh the yeah, song from it, "My So Called Life." Oh, you mean the. By the band that's like nah, no no nah, nah, nah. no. What I'm saying is, um, these shows were nominees that were in this year's um, running against James Newton Howard for ER. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, with James Newton Howard, which song from Friends? The Friends theme song, right? Yeah, I'm just saying he went as his ER's theme song went up against Friends theme song. Yeah, my so-called life and Chicago Hope theme song, and uh, the winner was Star Trek Voyager. Oh yeah, yeah. I hate Friends. I like the My So-Called Life one. I remember. Yeah, that's pretty good. I listen to that one. 
I don't know. I think yeah. ER is still better though. But but what I'm saying is it, it's the one that one's not even a score song. You're saying the friends, like literally oh, yeah. that song that's like, an, I will be there. Yeah. Okay. And an Emmy for a TV show. They have Emmy. Emmy has best TV show theme song. It doesn't matter if it's a score song or not. Okay. Does that make yeah. sense? Okay. All right. And then, yeah. Okay. That same year, he was also up for an Oscar nomination and he lost to Elton John for Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Remember when we talked about oh, that? Oh, shit. <laughs> what rabbit hole did you go down on Outbreak? This is nuts, okay? Okay, guess who else is a nominee in this Academy Award for Best Song? Someone we've talked about a few times. Randy Newman. Oh, my God. He wrote a song for the movie Paper called Make Up Your Mind, which I listened to it. It's not very good. It's, not good. <laughs> it's like a Toy Story song again. Oh, know. my God. We watched this. It's so funny that you're saying this now because Elliot Loving, like we, we talked about before, uh, my son Elliot, and then the other weekend we watched Parenthood. And if you recall the beginning of Parenthood, the original movie, it's there's a, it's a Randy Newman after they like oh, leave. Yeah. They're leaving... Yeah. The Cardinal Stadium, and there's a Randy Newman yeah. song. Which, by the way, when they're leaving Cardinal Stadium, the, the littlest kid has some super awesome, like retro version hat, St. Louis hat. Like it's still like the red hat, but it has some crazy logo that's like retro. And I was like, I was saying to my wife, if you find that for me and you get me that exact hat, I will love you forever and always and never nominate another woman to um, go over you in my podcast ever again. Because I'm just like, I've never seen that emblem other than at the beginning of Parenthood. But besides that, Elliot was standing on the stairs because he was a little scared of every, he's kind of scared of every little movie that every, the beginning of every movie we watch until he starts being kids. And he heard the Randy Newman song and he starts smiling and I go, do you know who that is? <laughs> just goes Randy Newman. He knew who Randy Newman wow. was. Yeah, he's... just by listening to him, he's that distinctive though. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, there must. Be... But anyway, so he was going. There might be brainwashing yeah. in all songs. Yeah, if we don't even know that like, you hear it when you're a kid, and she's just like really saying to you, like, "I'm Randy Newman. Yeah. I'm Randy Newman. I'm Randy Newman. Newman. Listen to me. I'm your only friend. <laughs> I'm Randy Newman. I'm your. I'm your. I'm your friend. I'm Randy Newman. I love you. Love me. Love me. I love you. Yeah, Woody and me and you, my only friend. Then and then as he got older, he stopped having that be the, the the subliminal message in some of his earlier stuff. And that's why he sings the songs he does now that are just comical. It's, It's just. It was his old subliminal messages, is what his new songs are. And then James Newton Howard's song that he was nominated mm-hmm. for that year was called "Look What Love Had Done to Me," and it was from the movie Junior. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad song. It's not. <laughs> But and it's just the fact that it's from Junior. That's crazy about shit. that is like an episode or ago or so. I was gonna bring that up because <laughs> we I did that Schwarzenegger impression. Yeah. And um I obviously was a bit I don't know what you want to say, sexist because I said that Janet Jackson I didn't understand how <laughs> Yeah, we all knew that. Okay. Yes. We we all remember. Okay. Go back to episode whatever that was three, where you were sexist about um, getting pregnant. Yeah, well, what's her what's her names again? The guys, the the band. Oh, David. Oh, DeBarge. Yeah, 
the barge. Yeah. And obviously in junior, it's about Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, how he, he was the first, you know, man to have a baby. <laughs> Can you just say the name of the song again? <laughs> okay. Uh, look what love had done to me. Now that Junior's the first one, right? That's like, first, wait, Twins. That's just, twins is the first one. No, Twins. So Twins it, is the this first. Is what I'm talking about. It's like taking a good partnership, and what's what they're doing, right? Where we made fun of like Bad Boys Forever, and again, in this one, they really were probably trying to think of like a way to do Twins as a sequel, which is a Twins is a great movie. It's like you know, two brothers shouldn't be brothers. Devito, Schwarzenegger, they were both kind of comical. I mean, DeVito is comical, and then they, people were figuring out that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was good at being comical. Yeah. Uh, and and then they did this. So as a, the next team up did Junior, which is the biggest piece of shit. Look what love had done to them. What do you mean? Well, they're both documentaries, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. It's actually these, like... They, uh, I thought it was so cool because they find out they're twins, which is unbelievable. Because Schwarzenegger, yeah, it truly and is. And then Schwarzenegger, then they decide they love each other, and then they decide to raise a baby. Oh yeah, you're. It's like a, I see what you're saying. It's like a Seven Up deal. Like they follow him like six six years later or whatever it was made, yeah. and now they're in love and they have a child together. Well, they have a child. They have, look, they have they look what love had done to me. Look what love had done to me. Look, look what had love had done to me. I have. I'm a man who had who had an incestuous baby with my. Twin brother. Wait, but they were created in the lab, so I think they get a pass. Oh, is that okay? It's I just it. genetic. Yeah, but you know, but you know, Devito's like threw a little bit of his stuff in there. <laughs> you have to. Okay, so <laughs> back to That's back just, to outbreak. Just, <laughs> back to outbreak. Just let's say something right now. You have to because that's good science. And let me tell you something. Whoever's out there trying to find this. Uh, this uh, vaccine, just throw some of your stuff in there, and you know what? That's going to be that last little bit that puts it over the top. All of a sudden, we're all cured. Say, all right, back to I outbreak. The cure is going to be Devito stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm. Yes, your own stuff, and then a little bit of Devito magic is what nah, I like to keep call your that. own stuff out of there. Just get Devito stuff. <laughs> just get some Schwarzenegger and Devito stuff. Schwarzenegger Devito potion. Actually, what'll happen is that'll happen, and then every man in America will be pregnant. All right, back to Outbreak, which is where I started. <laughs> um, there was a, a Takashi song of Outbreak. Takashi song of Outbreak, which explained to everyone, a Takashi song is um, a song that's not in the movie soundtrack. It's just, I mean, some of our stuff is starting to sound really bad, but you got... Yeah. Okay, so... It's a song that's not on the soundtrack, but the best song of the movie and can be in the movie otherwise. And the yeah. Outbreak Takashi song is actually called, it's crazy. There's like four or five songs in there that are decent, but the best one really is called If You Don't Love Me, I'll Kill Myself, which then has a tie to Better Off Dead last week, right? Because yeah. that was basically the premise of the movie. And that song's written by Peter Drogue. And then that song was also featured in the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. Which we don't really have a tie to that, but who the hell cares? We're yeah. probably going to do that yeah. movie where um, Jim Carrey gets we'll... turned into a vampire sometime. Yeah, so, yeah, once bitten. Yeah, once bitten. <laughs> so, <laughs> might as well just. That's a good one. Out. 
All right, so that was kind of that. That was pretty crazy, right? And it's like a rabbit hole of different stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, what do you mean? And then what do you mean? An outbreak, CG, CGJ. Yeah, well, okay, but yeah. Okay. For this, yeah. For this yeah, week. Yeah, I, I understand. Okay, that's, that's fun. nothing for the give him. Yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. is an outbreak. And a movie. the movie we're doing, he's in that movie as well. Oh. <laughs> it's not Jerry Maguire. MC Knuckles. We should just yeah. be like, MC Knuckles and DJ Easter Egg. And guess what? We're doing Jerry Maguire, folks. <laughs> Just kidding. You had me at hello, isn't that what she says? <laughs> you had me you had me at goldfish. She's such a, fe- right? she's such no. a feminist. Like she's fighting you for had, herself yeah. the whole movie, and then it's like, oh, you just said hello, and now you had me. It's kinda of, I don't know. You had maybe me. not. You com- no, you complete me? She should have said you had me at She should have said, Look what love, love had done to me. Look what love had me. done to me. And then <laughs> and then Cruz turns to the side and he's pregs with heck? another little like cute glasses boy already kind of like forming out, coming out like Quato Quato from Total Recall. Also <laughs> kind of looks like DeVito. <laughs> All right, on to the next one. Uh, <laughs> we mentioned that E.G. Daly, who was... Uh, a- Did you know a rabbit 10 is 7 pounds? <laughs> That'd be great to redo that movie with him in it. <laughs> Schwarzenegger could be Cruz. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We've got to keep focused. Okay. So, um, last episode, E.G. Daly was in the South. Teacher- it's not like I'm going to... It's not like I'm going to flip out. How do you, I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, that's not very good. Um, so, EJ <laughs> Daly was in the soundtrack for... Do a Tom Cruise line from Jerry Maguire as Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't remember the movie. I, I haven't seen it recently. Um, Doesn't he just say, like, I'm Jerry, hi, I'm Jerry Maguire? Yeah. Actually, I wasn't doing Schwarzenegger. That was my Trump. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, EJ Daly, we mentioned last episode, she was featured in the soundtrack. Two songs in the movie, in the dance scene. And then she was an awesome actress and singer in the 80s on multiple movies. Okay. Are you going to keep going? It's too loud, bro. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> That's, those are my whistling for E.G. Daly to keep going. a lot. All right. We'll say one for with Schwarzenegger and one was for DeVito, too. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but in that summary, we, we mentioned that she ended up being on The Voice, like, seven years ago or 10 years ago or something and we felt kind of slighted by that and we said we just take a look to see what the rules are and actually don't remind me the voice rules don't the voice i didn't even know the name of the show i called it like what's the show where they turn around their chairs it's called the voice and the official rules only say you have to be 13 years of age you have to be a u.s citizen or legal resident or working like legally working in the united states and then you just not you don't you can't be affiliated with the TV show. Like your relatives can't work on the show or whatever it is. And then there's one side rule that says you can't be running for public office and that's it. It doesn't mention anything about being famous before being a singer or anything. So that's the loophole. So if you're a famous person, it's fallen out of favor, I guess. Um... Yeah. I think that's what, it, why wouldn't every like B role, you know, singer or whoever, and they're like, oh, I'm not getting the cut. I'll just go audition for this because then you know that the, they'll put you on. So that doesn't, I guess maybe because it's sort of yeah, embarrassing, I, I guess. But 
Is it really? It I don't know. It could, it could be a good idea for him. But the American... Aren't we all just like media whores at the end of the day? So why would that matter? Okay, but American what? Idol... So then what? Famous or original kind of show like that um, to find talent or whatever. Um, they do have a provision that says if you have a contract or talent agent, you're not eligible. So... Oh. Yeah, so at least... yeah. Why is the voice... What are they no trying clue. to do? That doesn't make any sense. Through. And we should probably write them or give them a call or yeah. something. But I mean, that's a that's a major major loophole to do that. Yeah. I guess because they did it with EG Daily and they knew and they like yeah. promote or not promoted it, but they let it all happen. So I don't know. Like I never liked American Idol, but now I have a little more respect for them, honestly. Yeah, they actually. Yeah, at least they were trying yeah. to find somebody who has or was not like they already have, famous. You know, a little yeah. bit more scruples or something. So, in summary, yeah. let's get Randy Newman on the Voice. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or Daft Punk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last one we talked about. Okay. Uh, we just mentioned Easter. We mentioned it earlier. Um. So. Uh... Wait. Who's? Hold on, I think this guy's got something. I think I found a loophole <laughs> to your game. Hold on a I, second. Whoa, who's turning around? This is Randy Newman. Me, Woody, <laughs> Randy Newman. <laughs> and Blake Shelton shoes. Did you see that? I, I posted that. Randy He's so Newman good. A, a coronavirus song, too, called The Stay Away. Oh, God. It was Please the Toy Lord. Story everybody song, stop. and then he just stuck it, put in "Stay Away" instead of like "Let's Be Friends." <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. Let's uh, be friends. Everybody's sick now. Oh my God, Randy, we love you. I like just his like the, yeah, I like whatever's at the beginning of Parenthood was good. In this one, and I'll be honest, I like the "I can't let you throw yourself away," only because Elliot loves it. Um, so, yeah, so just kidding. I love you, Randy Newman. It was uh, Randy Newman. Easter I love last brother. Sunday, which <clears throat> hopefully went well for you. It did mm-hmm. for us. We had a nice meal and, and did all the kids' stuff and all that. Um, but we let, mm-hmm. we started just kind of riffing last episode about a few movies and things there. Um, and this is kind of mixes in a correction, too. But um, I'm like completely embarrassed about this. <laughs> just like <laughs> more embarrassed than anything we've done on the show. But I mixed last episode. I mixed leprechaun. Oh God! Just tell me it's not an African American person. Go in the hood with leprechaun back to the hood together. Oh my God! That's worse than Carl Reddick. Carl Winslow. Whatever his name was. Well, Carl Winslow. So I don't know. Reginald Bell. It's up to you. <laughs> but, yeah, so the rap song we did was actually from the first You know what? Podcast. Yeah. Get the hell off. Get the hell off of our podcast. Get the hell off of this podcast. Get the hell like off the of this podcast. Blast. But, no, Blast. the rap song we played is from Leprechaun in the hood, not Leprechaun back to the hood, which I blended that on accident. And then... So that came. So 
And, and where did that really come in a sequel? Yeah, I think was it's that four or five. five is sequels. that what it really was? Um, and then I think after that, I think I think after that. So you played in the hood. You played an in the hood song and said it was yeah, and then I, Leprechaun all Back the songs in the Hood. I on the soundtrack were from Leprechaun Back to the Hood. Just that rap song was from the end of. Wait, wait. Yeah, the you hood. mean Back to the um, Hood? Episode six, I think, is Leprechaun in okay. Space. So. <laughs> I'm sure we'll check that out. But the thing that's crazy is in Leprechaun in the Hood, there's an Easter song about resurrection. And it's a rap song. Mm. Yeah, so that ties nice. to that. Could, could, we, could we hear a little? Okay. Why don't we and hear a little a of that? a cameo, too, by one of your favorite rappers. A 90s, I think he's 90s. The, the man, the man, the man, the myth. I don't know why I'm saying this. Coolio, yep. He's in it. Coolio? Yeah, I was gonna say it's got to. It sounds like a Coolio. There's another rapper in that movie, Leprechaun in the Hood, that's also in the movie we're doing tonight. Okay. Wow. So it's a, We're gonna play. We're, there's gonna be an Easter egg in our Easter song from yeah. Leprechaun Back in the Hood as a correction from last week when we said that the back in the, the, the leprechaun in the hood song I'm lost. was really leprechaun back <laughs> in the hood. I'm just going to look up the leprechaun in space song now. <laughs> <laughs> leprechaun, con, 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 in space, okay. hey, hey, Jesus loves me, this I know. If you don't, I find out. Jesus loves us. We don't know. Jesus loves us. The hell yeah, if called, we know. It's a rap rendition of the song Jesus <laughs> Loves Me, I think, is the intent. It's kind of, uh, but yeah, at the beginning it says, Jesus loves us. This I know. <clears throat> and if not, I'll get a hoe, I think he said, or something. So, <laughs> and yeah, Coolio comes in with a cameo. So that's great. But uh, I just think, I think Coolio and, uh, Warwick Davis were like, like, you know, um, Kanye right now thinks he's like on the tip by going gospel and, and naming his uh, album Jesus and all of these things. These guys were ahead of yeah, their time. What like year that. is this? 92, 94. Yeah, they were already doing the going back to church. Yeah, that's just right. That's there. why we keep bringing Leprechaun back into everything. And that's why I love this podcast. We've listened to rap songs in leprechaun movies back to back episodes and it couldn't be couldn't be any better <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest they if this one was the one that happened before the back of the hood one um or you're saying that 
this Easter one was in back. No, this was actually back in the, in the hood. One. Leprechaun in the hood, or vice versa. Back to the hood. This back is in to the hood. Could never and so be a was... video cameo by that time. I think. Yeah. Got it. And so back to the hood though has it has all the songs no I listened songs to you in the last people... episode when I was listing all the titles and some of the lyrics. So yeah, and I think yeah. I think that's I think we do both in but... the hood and back to the hood next March for St. Patrick's Day and just yeah. Now did we did we so? But what I'm saying is the one where he was going leprechaun <laughs> in the hood yes, always up to no good was in the first, in the first one or the one. second one. Yeah. Got it. So that's what I'm trying to understand because this the rap, the rap pattern on this one is exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, he just goes, "Jesus loves me." This I know. This us loves me. I don't know. Jesus loves that's me. In the hood. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. they didn't really bring. Me, so. Okay. So <laughs> Back in the hood, always up to no good. Back in the hood, but they didn't actually bring any rappers in to do the music. You're, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just saying, yeah, they're just, it's all but still Warwick slow. This got me down the path. Even if it is cool. About, yeah. You know, we were talking about Easter movies, <clears throat> but like, there's a good amount of Easter or at least bunny references in horror movies because this is obviously a horror movie. But we also mentioned the Twilight Zone movie. Remember that? Mm-hmm. In a previous episode. And when yeah, the kid I mean, that controls yeah. like his family yeah. or whatever. And that happens. Uh, the, yeah, and he can troll. Yeah, he gets the kind of crazy bunny yeah, from the comes out of the from hat, the cartoons to come like out. A, and then we got um, Donnie Darko. Yeah, can I? Yeah, Donnie Darko. Can I ask you? At what point do you show your kid the Twilight movie in that scene so that you can scar him for life? I think our dad did it to us mm-hmm. when I was like uh, I nine, think and you in were the seven. movie Junior, they were like, like, you know, while the baby was still in Arnold, they were like playing the sound from it just to make sure they had the perfect child. Between the two, <laughs> yeah, the perfect creeped the, out the mix weirdo. Of the Tavito yeah. and Schwarzenegger was still forming, so it had to be molded. Yeah, <laughs> like let's. They were actually just. They were like, "Can we make the rabbit that's in Twilight Zone come yeah. out of Arnold if we if we do this, this mixture of DNA and then teach and then play that movie for all the, right?" So uh, we're we'll running a little bit long here, so. So any yeah. any any corrections, Mikey? I guess about the movie Better Off Dead or anything we said. I, again, I, I joked earlier, but I don't. I felt like that was one that we knew really well, and then we did. We knew yeah, a lot like of the songs the and the soundtrack and the people um, that did I it. I think one time you said Warwick Dunn when you're talking to Doctor John instead of Warwick Davis. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think you were talking, thinking mixing the football player. Warwick, not uh, Warwick, um, what's his name? Uh, some. And then um, I kept saying yeah. um, Charles DeMar was the actor when it was Curtis Armstrong. I just got flipped and kept saying it over and over. Again. Yeah. I mean, could I mean, let's be honest, Curtis Armstrong's name might yeah. as well be it's Charles like the DeMar. Same so it's, it's, I, don't I don't think, think that's really that like correct. Or, or, I screwed it up, so yeah. I need to come straight and clean with it once I heard it. It's just one of those things where you yeah. start off down a path and you keep going. You know, with Laura, <laughs> what was the ones you said? child's like you you lock it in you lock that pattern in your brain yeah do it so yeah all right and you just keep saying it tonight or is there anything else you want to bring up for yeah topics or 
Um, no, I just I enjoyed that last movie, and uh, um, like we said, that was a I thought that was a really good episode. It was interesting. I think you well, that's one we could always talk on forever, uh, and I think we almost did at three hours. So that was good. that was good. <laughs> but check that one out. That was episode five or any of the previous four. All right. So, uh, do you want to sure. tell them what the movie is? Exciting. All right. Exciting well, that said, I don't. <laughs> How do we do it? I know. It's oh, I can't do it. Oh. I can't. Oh. Oh. Turn me I, up. Now, now be quiet. The movie's called Judgment Night. <laughs> yeah, it's just got to, we're doing we're doing. Got to get it all hyped up. <laughs> I think they're pumped. They know what we're talking about, right? Off. Yeah, that one with that one with Emilio Estevez. I'll be honest, Mikey. I'll be honest. I and I and we talk about which way to do it. Sometimes, do you listen to the soundtrack first and then watch the movie? Watch the movie, then listen to the soundtrack. I always listen to the soundtrack myself. I think is the way I prefer oh, yeah. it, and then watch the movie. Well, most of these, uh, how about you? A ton of time okay. last summer, just listening to tons of movie soundtracks. But yeah, when I get revised, I go soundtrack first. Okay. And um, honestly, I don't know if it's planned that yeah. way. Yeah. So, maybe it is subconsciously, but it's also just like you said, having hands free and time. Like I can just throw on the soundtrack and be doing a bunch of stuff I need to get done, and then then when I have the time, really clear to watch the movie. So maybe that's fine. Yeah, and and I I'll let everybody on here know, and I let you know. I actually still just listen oh, to yeah. the movie that as opposed to like watching it. So it always I what I find what for me at least it is is where if when we're trying to like make the where does the soundtrack fit in? You're much more cognizant of it because you're just, you're hearing the, the audio of the movie uh, versus sort of looking at the visuals. And then because we know the movie so well previously, no, I feel like I'm not watching. really missing a ton. Uh, maybe some of the other little pieces. Yeah. But then it allows me to do that. But anyway, I will say, and I've said this before, right? We've had the, I would say a lot of these movies, I would, we've, we put them on par. The soundtrack is good and the, and the movie is good. I'm not saying these are off, but I would say these are the biggest, these have the most uh, degrees of separation between, I've got, I think you got a soundtrack that's at like a, depending on where you want to go, I would say a nine, and then you got a movie that's yeah, probably I, I, like I agree a with six. you now, but when I first if watched not a it five. younger, I would have gone, I would have gone nine and nine. I would have oh, yeah. Nine yeah. Sure. But I mean, yeah, that too. I'm like, oh, but I'm just like, and I guess, a little luster for me but that's okay um you know yeah because the sound because they but what you i to me i didn't feel bad about it you go okay this now i like yeah. i understand why we like this when we were like 12 13 um yeah, yeah. again they're and they're appealing to that and it turns into that kind of a little bit like what they Alpha did in male. last it's dragon but there's more quirkiness to last Alpha dragon male. like yeah yeah it's yeah, it's too, yeah, that's just too much with all those, that part. And you're like, and just the plot devices overall don't make any sense. But to me, what was so much better about it is you realize like, okay, they took this movie and then they made the so a soundtrack for it that now outshines that movie by a ton and really is, I think it is 
sort of that buoy or fork in the road. And it definitely goes a bad way after 93. Um, but some of these people on here in, in that rack, you know, it's the buoy of you've got the rap, rap rock um, um, kind of fork in the road. But in that fork, right, um, there's two ways that it ends up going. One of those ways actually gets super popular, super quick. And it's that, that um, you know, junky uh, uh, corn. And what was the other one? Um, Limp Biscuit. You know, like in the late 90s. Yeah. Uh, Limp Biscuit, yeah. Like that's the real bad parts of this. That's what it turns into. But then the best parts yeah. of it turn into things like gorillas and those guys. So it's just interesting. Because, and then obviously the, the grandfather of all of it is, is really, and, and Run DMC's on here, is the Run DMC Aerosmith. This taking it up a notch with both indie hip hop, hardcore hip hop, and then um, hardcore bands plus indie bands. And it, 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 it's the fork in the road because the hardcore stuff went that that way that we saw but did get popular with trl it was never my cup of tea and then but i think the other branch still is making good music with sort of the indie rock and those overtures or like eventually i think there was another album that b got me in the in the mid 2000s or maybe early two, 2010s black rock which i always think is like the grandchild of the indie um so that was with um oh i can't remember which bands uh the the Black Keys, and then a number of different uh, rappers, like rappers, which are those indie bands that are on here. But anyway, that's what I'm saying is that this album is that, and it now seems even that much greater that it was in sort of a mediocre movie, and it or was, was part of a, a, a mediocre movie. But I think as a, yeah, as a musical milestone, it outshines it. And really just album, regardless that it was a movie soundtrack. Yeah. And I think that's why we picked it, because it kind of falls along the lines of kind of throwing the rules on its head. The virus is throwing the world on its head. We're throwing the world. Yeah. Yeah. We're throwing, throwing them upside, upside down. down. The same yeah. thing the soundtrack did. So, um, yeah, you had Run DMC and Aerosmith, I think, before this, didn't it? Wasn't it before this? And But people teased. Oh, yeah, way rock, much before. That was like a actually was the first time, like, commercially, formally, they put together a whole album with you know with with full songs with full rap rock songs so that's pretty cool about it yeah. regardless that it was a yep. movie soundtrack or just a sound um you know a record on its own and a record on that's what i mean i think at the end of the day it stands the, the album stands on its own uh regardless of this movie and again like mikey's saying i, I do like the big there's parts of this movie i still like for sure. But I'm just saying, you're right. At one point, for, for both of us, I think this is like a 9-10. And now I think you've got more like well, a 9 Well, the first time I watched it, too, when we were younger, five, was like, six. I think we have like a sleepover with friends. It was one of those like really fun nights. You're like up late. We like, our parents let us rent an R-rated movie, or maybe they didn't know. You know, it like had all this mixture of perfect things as a kid. And so yeah, they were like, just had such a good... <laughs> they were like judgment night. They were like, Oh, it's yeah. Christian. It's, it's like when we judge um, at night. And so, and then we stay up late to watch it. And then the movie just... Jesus loves me. Judgment night. For you with that kind of stuff, you know, like the action and the thrills and yeah. just like, yeah. it doesn't have much depth to it, but you just go for it, hook, line, and sinker. And so, and then soon after that, we got the soundtrack, I oh. think, and then we were listening yeah. to it all the time. So it just got really good memories, regardless of 
how good the movie is. So, yeah. but yeah, let's go through let's go through a few stats. But I remember it won't take too long. I, uh, yeah. a lot of the people in here are pretty famous, so we're not going to get into too much on them. But um, we'll go through all that, and then we'll be going to the soundtrack. So, movies Judgment Night. It was rated R, hour and fifty minutes, nineteen ninety three re- release. It grossed $13 million and it was from Universal Pictures. Um, a summary of the movie. Do you want to do a summary of the movie? Or do you want me to? <laughs> do you want me to do that? Try I to just... do an IMDb or just try oh, to sorry. actually do it for memory? Go ahead. Real short. Uh, let me just say it this way. I'm going to say, so number one, this goes right to your wife. Set in Chicago... The first thing they show, mm-hmm. traveling at the speed, Illinois license And then they plate. end up in a shithole, so. <laughs> very, yeah, very proud. And I'm assuming that's supposed to be Southside. No, and so it's four friends going to a boxing match. One of their friends and just has just had a baby. That's up. Emilio Estevez. Um, they're other, yeah, and, they, and they, they're one friend who's kind of the uh, salesman, businessman. Uh, brings like a really sweet RV. Um, they go, um, they're going to the fight. And as boxing. they're trying to go to the fight, yeah. um, there's a lot of traffic. Yeah, boxing match essentially. Yeah, saying a fight. Yeah, I don't think yeah. MMA was big yet in 1993. So, yes, it was a boxing Rap, match. Rock, and um, they get off the highway. Yeah, and then just really, it's a, a series of unfortunate events. Um, that occurs and they start being tracked by drug dealers through the streets. So they get, they it becomes more animalistic. They, what I would say, the, I, I think the easiest, go ahead, Mikey, but I'll tell you what the easier synopsis than this is what, yeah, they, once they I they thought about it. Go ahead. The fight, so they turn off to kind of get around the traffic, but they end up in like this oasis of, you know, I guess it's Chicago, but it's more like a wasteland or something where there's like, they can't find any like human... Yeah standard human connection and so um but i guess it's supposed to be like south side of chicago is it bad there or what are the yeah where there's i think that's what they're implying yeah so it's obviously not filmed in certain parts but that's what they're implying because a lot of of dennis leary's things he keeps calling them north shore boys or you know how are you doing at the north shore so he's meaning they're they're from the but north and they're down in the south. Awesome right now. Now. That's and they what get mixed say. into a um, drug dealer with some drug dealers, and then it's uh, like a thriller and a chase kind of movie. Yeah. So what I would say after listening to it again, as I said, as let's do it, I just go, "Oh my god!" I and and it's also because it was taking place in Chicago. I go, "Really, Judgment Night is just the adult version of Adventures in Babysitting." <laughs> That's essentially the best synopsis I can give for it. Wow. That's really all it is, right? I mean, honestly, at the end of the day. So that's my synopsis for us. Is it, someone, somebody somewhere was like, oh, that was cute. Now, what if it was like really high stakes and with dudes? Which adventure? And they could get killed. Adventures in oh, Babysitting yeah. has a great soundtrack, and we're going to do that one as well. Um, it's got Elizabeth Shue actually yeah. sings a song. She's the babysitter, and she sings a song in the movie, which is a really good one. So uh, I think yeah. it's the Babysitting Blues. So we're going to do that. Also, there's a movie that I mentioned yeah. to you earlier <laughs> called The Night Before with Keanu Reeves, one of his first. And it's similar in that he's going to yes. prom with the cool girl and he turns off the beaten path because yes. she doesn't want a straightforward, boring night. You know, it's typical nights. So they go off the beaten path in L.A. and they get mixed into stuff they don't want to. And honestly, that was that movie 
um, I for some reason I saw a song in that movie <laughs> randomly, and it kind of kicked off, you know, me thinking that I needed to like go through all the soundtracks, listen to them, and then start having more conversations with you about starting the podcast because I love the song so much. So yeah. we're we're probably gonna do both of those movies sometime now. soon, or you know. What is it about? What do we love about like white people getting lost? Because we just want to get lost <laughs> in, a, in a culture in a culture that they don't know that they're not they're familiar with but don't know anything about. Probably because it's really what this podcast is all about: completely white upbringing <laughs> with like nothing mixed in. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> what it is. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so uh, the people in the movie, yeah. the main actors are Emilio Estevez. You mentioned them earlier. Cuba Gooden Jr., which is also in Coming to America. Uh, Jeremy Piven, um, Stephen Dorff, and Dennis Leary. And let's be honest, Piven oh just being the same yeah. character he's been in everything he's forever. Never and that, like, I mean, he's just the same person. Entourage. Love him. But Jeremy Piven, yeah. his parents are he from did. Chicago. You know that, right? And his parents' theater company, that's where yep. Cusack went. And so they were roommates. And that's why he ended up in One mm-hmm. Crazy Summer um, and a couple other movies with Cusack as well. Uh, what's the gross point blank? Because he kind of just followed him along, yeah. along with it. I think everybody else yep. knows Stephen Dorff, knows Dennis Leary, knows these yep, other yep. actors. But um... And let's be honest. Oh, and as the other bad guy, isn't the yeah. House of Pain? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was gonna bring that up more. When I remember we, that. I yeah, remember what's that his what's his real name? Yeah, that's no problem. Um, yeah, oh. was, what was oh, his geez, actual name? name? I you just know, know Everlast. <laughs> For his solo career. Yeah, yeah. that's what I. Th- but does he have a real name? Like, if you like, try to look uh, him but, up. Uh, yeah, Milo Estevez. Just a shout out to my favorite movie he was ever in, Maximum Overdrive. Don't you like that one? Oh my god. Yeah, he was a little bit more badass, wasn't he? Uh, I would love to do that one, but it's a score only pretty much. I mean, there's like one song score, but. Yeah. But that movie's great. And then you always like Young Guns, which is in that one, obviously. (laughs) I keep doing that noise. That's that's when you get me. There's nothing else to say. Which that song's not (laughs) in the movie, but. There's other good music in the movie. See, there's some good ones. Or eight, or Young Guns. There's another one where so you... we could we could do that. There, Young Guns Two is in the '90s. Yeah. That I mean, whatever. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, and then obviously Cuba Gooding Jr. So there's Outbreak. There's a tie. There's also in Boys to the Hood. Um, what other what other things should we mention? Uh, Dennis Leary was in Demolition Man. It's a good reference point. Just throwing some movies out there. Some of these actors are in just for reminders. Yeah. No, I make sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I mean, Do we want to say, I mean, so the movie essentially, yeah, it, it turns into this. They're battling uh, Leary, who's really sort of the kingpin. Two other, he's got kind of two other cronies uh, with him. And uh, they're chasing uh, yeah. the four friends who are really Piven, uh, Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., and Stephen Dorff. Around the this the, the inner city, trying to yeah. kill them because they witnessed the them they, kill they, um, another uh, man. Jeremy Pitt was um, driving the RV, his character, and they were drinking to have a good time to go to the fight. And something kind of jumped out in front of him. They thought they didn't know exactly what it was. They didn't know if it was an animal. They were, obviously the rest of the gang who has kind of a uh, 
better spirit. They want to find out what it is, so they go to search, and it's they actually hit a guy, and he was like one of the drug dealers, but he was stealing from Dennis Leary. And so they take him in to help save him because he's bleeding, and they find out he's shot, and then and then um, then they end up uh, kind of getting mixed in there, like you said, and then and then being chased by the the gangsters or the drug dealers end up grabbing the guy, shooting him, and but yeah, it's true. It, there is one thing that I will say before we kind of get into the so the soundtrack in and of itself um, is is this. Um, uh, and maybe this speaks to a little bit, if we're going to talk about the movie, why I think it's kind of off it, to some extent now, at least in my rewatching of it, uh, is that the the soundtrack is all basically, I mean, it's rap, rock, pop songs is what it is. The movie itself is scored by Alan Silvestri. Yes. So he's, which we've mentioned him before, he does basically everything from the 80s did a lot of the 80s um, movies, did some different, obviously did this one in the 90s, now does like the Avengers soundtrack. Oh yeah, we've mentioned him. But he's a a huge composer. And what, yeah, and what I found that was interesting is when they went away from the rap rock stuff and the sound that that is part of the soundtrack in this movie, and it is supposed to be, like you're saying, a wasteland guttural and thriller movie, he has a very orchestral feel and that juxtaposition with sort of what I would call is really more of a corny thriller, like B style thriller with that, with like a sweeping orchestral that he does. And he tries to kind of throw in some like conga drums to make it kind of sound like a hunt, which you know, you can say what you will about what that's why is it conga drums for the hunt, but that's what he does. But it, that juxtaposition, at least when you're listening to it, that movie that's where it's like, well, none that, of this, it doesn't gel, I guess, is the way. way that's one what of the I facts feeling. I didn't hear when we got into the soundtrack was the director, uh, Stephen Hopkins, he worked with Silvestri before in Predator 2. So he supposedly the director just said to him, mm-hmm. hey, make the soundtrack for Predator 2 for this movie, for the score. Yeah, and that's, but that's what I'm saying. There's, it works in Predator 2. I feel like it, or Predator, because it was like, it's otherworldly he's got an otherworldly or orchestral or something feel to his music that's not working in what's supposed to be like, this is the reality, if you will. It needed to be more minimalist, sure. I think, to work. So that was just sort of my, If I know we're not going to get tons into the score because there's a lot of this, the score part no, pieces aren't separate, on the soundtrack as they are on other soundtracks. I don't think they the soundtrack. releasing it, or they didn't originally release yeah. it because they had the soundtrack and they promoted that and they might have released the score like, 20 years later or something or 15 years later. Um, yeah. But it doesn't matter because yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't seem director, like judgment. So anyway, just that's one, that's one piece of the movie piece that I thought yeah. was just kind like, of, we just mentioned that was my take on that. Did you, did you, can I ask, did you think that at all when you were watching it or you didn't see, you just, it didn't seem to come to, no, I don't think it to came the forefront, to the forefront for, you. for me really. But I can see that, but I was not completely okay. Okay. 100% focused from watching the movie versus the Yeah, okay. <laughs> You're I'm like, always just listening full disclosure. songs from the soundtrack, so I was focused <laughs> less on the score. I was just like, oh, there's a song from yeah. the even though there's not a lot that actually are in the movie. Yeah. I was just focused on that more, honestly, and I didn't really think yeah. about the score too much. But the director is Stephen Hopkins. We just mentioned that. 
He also did Blown Away, um, and we mentioned Predator too. That was about it for him, really. I don't think this movie helped him out that much. But by the way, with this coronavirus, I wouldn't be mind being blown away. That's what I was gonna say because um, you know what I mean. I was gonna say that exactly. <laughs> what the heck was I talking about earlier? Oh, the lotion. <laughs> You know, like being like in love with lotion. Well, yeah. it's also weird because you don't see anybody else right now. Like you just see your family and yeah. stuff. And then all of a sudden there's like, I don't know, some, you see a random person, not, not even in real life, just maybe even on social media. And you're just like, <laughs> it makes no sense, but you're just like attracted to them. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I know, like right now, you're just like, there's a person. Like, you know, how to do some craft with your kids, and you're like, man, she looks really nice. <laughs> this is, I guess. This makes the heart um, grow fonder. A anyway. um, couple quick facts, and then we'll get to the soundtrack. So just, guys, if or ladies, if anybody out there, if you're wanting to get a make, piece of Mikey, make crafts videos for kids right now and send them on the way. internet. Maybe even mix in some lotion. Like putting lotion on your hands. Okay. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag, mm-hmm. I got the veto stuff. But it's not free. <laughs> um, so, one of the things with the gross, they, they lost money on this movie. I think it cost 20 some million to make. Uh, part of that was Emilio Estevez. They didn't have his uh, role mm-hmm. cast. So, he, held, he, they came, he came in late and he got like 5 million bucks for the movie or some ridiculous thing for the time for this kind of movie. Um, but, um, one thing that didn't help him was yeah. one of the first screenings in New York, in the Bronx, there was a shooting during the film. And that time, you know, there wasn't a lot of, oh, the, they were, uh, you mean, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, no, no link between not, the yeah, movies and violence or whatnot. Link yeah. being there. So like if there was violence in a movie, people thought more back then prevalently that the violence in a movie means there's going to be violence. Violence in a video game means there's going to be violence, violence, violence. I think I kind of remember them then, not, yeah, like it getting a yeah, yeah, like a scarlet There's letter because of that. I kind of remember that. They now. only yeah. screened the movie for like three weeks, and then took it out, and so that's part of the reason it flopped at the box office. Not necessarily the reviews weren't great, but at the time, what the hell were they making? Space Jam, you know, or who knows what else in the '90s? So it wasn't like not yeah. saying every movie in the '90s was bad, but it's not like it was amazing. So. I mean, it shouldn't. It should have done better than it did, but this didn't help it because there was a shooting, and then it had to. It got pulled after a couple of weeks because of the media, basically. So, freaking fake, fake news again. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no. Oh, was that was that your Dukakis? Original first George Bush, <laughs> the older one. Um, and then a crazy thing. <laughs> a crazy thing is during the. <laughs> Fake news, gotta do it. More Not gonna fake news. And then we'll go into the soundtrack. Um, when they have the rooftop scene between Dennis Leary and Piven, their characters. Yeah, they were filming Great cinematography. That, and all that of a one. sudden, when they were filming, they heard a real gunshot. And the filming crew went downstairs to where they heard the gunshot, and they found a sixteen-year-old wow. kid dead, his head blown off. Yeah, he was shot in a gang initiation Jeez. murder. Um, so there's your Chicago for you. Holy cow! <laughs> now were they Chicago, were they really film? Where were they really filming it? Did you yeah, know? I mean, yeah, they did say they filmed in Chicago. Chicago. Um, so okay. I just don't know that they. I don't think they were 
necessarily trying to make okay. an exact place, though, you know. So they probably just. Um... Yeah, I was saying. So, yeah, because I was going to say a lot of those. They were just parts, finding that like, seems like a sound sure stage. Random places and then. Those yeah. parts, yeah. Uh, filming it, make it look like it was more of a wasteland than it actually During is, it, obviously. Yeah. So, and filming at night and all that kind of stuff, but. Mm -hmm. Oh wait, never mind. They filmed at two three one six South Halstead. That's literally, I, I my office in at UIC is thirteen thirty three, so it's ten blocks you south. Photos <laughs> and let's let's add them to this. I know I should go look. Yeah, well I'm not at work. I'm working from home, but yeah. All right, so should we get into the soundtrack now, or anything else to say about the movie, or otherwise we can just get in the soundtrack and mix. Yeah, we got we need. Uh, I basically, I mean, I just want to say I basically go into Judgment Night, I guess. I didn't realize this every day of my life. That's pretty cool. That's what I want to say. When I was living in Phoenix, I wish I went into yeah. just one of the guys every day. <laughs> yeah. Instead of and worked at the Sun Tribune. Every day. <laughs> I mean, a girl. <laughs> All right. Just... Or seeing Corey Haim as Corey just Haim, one of no, the he, girls. He, yeah, he rented a room for me while we lived there. <laughs> I know. And at first you weren't going to rent it to him when he came yeah, in as a guy. And then guy. he came in like, as a, oh, as a girl. He was like a head shooter. He was a head shooter. <laughs> he was, he was, yeah, I mean, he I was, like, was, Corey was just one of the girls. He, it was, he was Corey Haim's twin sister, so I believed it. He said he was Corey Haim's twin Why would sister. I not believe it? Corey Haim. Corey Haim doesn't lie. She's like, I know Corey Haim. Corey, the girl version of Corey. Let's get into the soundtrack. Go through a few stats. Sound good? About the soundtrack? Yeah. Then we can just get into the music. The Judgment Night soundtrack was released in 93, just in hand with the movie through immortal records and epic soundtracks um immortal records was a small company record company that was basically founded by two people happy walters and amanda demi and it was founded based and this was like their first this was like their first uh record was this soundtrack mm -hmm. um in 1993 they went on to also um record and uh, release incubus corn and then mainly just movie soundtracks mm. the main guy happy walters he kind of came up with this idea i guess to mix you know rap and rock into a movie soundtrack for all the tracks it's kind of his thing and it kind of spun off from there but you know what i'm saying that it's interesting that the ones who did this didn't go that other route that i talked about that i think is the cooler route they really went and produced the bands that we said aren't quite as cool in this genre, oh, corn and the, yeah. Well, they only they really I shouldn't even say Incubus and Corn. They're outliers. They really just do soundtracks. This okay. Happy Walters guy, um, he's a friend, of, uh, like a best friend of Adam Sandler. Okay. And the movie Happy Gilmore, he called it Happy Gilmore because of Happy Walters. Oh, seriously? Yeah, and he was Adam Sandler's best man for his wedding. Where did where they were just like friends growing up or something or what? No, I I didn't see the background. I don't. It, they must have crossed paths in the movie industry with him doing these movie soundtracks. Cause that's mainly what they did. Okay. I don't know how they got into this. But they were. Maybe you're saying they're the producers, but meaning they produced the collection. But really, what's different about this soundtrack is each one of them are 
each one of the tracks is really produced by the two bands that are put together. Yeah, not, the actual yeah. songs produced by each. Yeah. The, the Happy Guy just came up with the idea to do rap rock. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's a, that's a little bit of a twist than what we're you When we call somebody the producer of a soundtrack a lot of times, they were also producing the music or helping to produce the music. I don't think that was the case here. This was more like, I am the... I am the curator and these people are actually producing the music. Yeah. More like a curator, but I'm sure he had say, because obviously um, there's a couple tracks that didn't make it in. So um, into the album that they, they recorded. And I think a couple of the groups that got together said they had recorded partial tracks. So, I mean, I, I think happy Walters had the go or no go, you know, I think he listened to things. I think he had some, some, Part what was his say his name again? Happy Walters. <laughs> Is it weird to say that? <laughs> sort of, especially in the context of this movie and the genre. Yeah, it doesn't really mix in all the way, but this is what kind of ticked the box. Judgment night. You got a lot of produced by Happy Walters. You got a lot of credit and hype from doing like coming up with this idea, basically, yeah. and how successful it was. And then it was, they also had epic soundtracks. Uh, I know that sound, it was basically, that's just basically Sony. Yeah. And epic. it was just their, their soundtrack. Yeah. Epic uh, was, umbrella. was, this was Epic Records, right? Yeah. Nope. Ep, oh yeah. Epic. No, Epic soundtracks, not Epic Records. But that's part, of, it's got to be part of Epic Records, right? Well, it's part of Sony. I don't know if that's all together, but it said it, it's really just part okay. of Sony Records. Okay. And that was just for a lot for a period of time. That was their movie soundtrack wing or whatever. And eventually they got rid of that, and they were all yeah. mixed in the Sony right? Epic was owned by Sony, so the whole thing. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But I don't think Epic Records did just soundtracks. No, they didn't. I'm just saying, maybe the one division was this, one division was this, what one division, but that's all related. Yeah. Like we mentioned earlier, um, every track, there's 10 or 11 tracks. Um, I think the thing's about 50 minutes to an hour in length. And every track is a combination of a, like a rap group, basically, and a rock group. And so really more alternative or heavy rock. So we'll get into that as we get in the soundtrack. And it was pretty successful soundtrack. It reached number 17 on the Billboard charts and, you know, technically more successful than the movie which is what we mentioned and it was number uh, it was number one in every 10 to 13 year old boys hearts rage. <laughs> who rage wanted, hearts. who wanted to just rage and and like you said uh interesting enough right the one the one group that's not on here rage against the machine their um song that was with tool like maybe the most ultimate 13 to 12 year old white boys bands together didn't make the cut. Uh, Happy said no to that one, I guess, or, or they didn't want to have it. Or they didn't like it. I I don't think they liked it either. Yeah. I mean, so, but we can, we can listen to that one at the end or something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, And then you mentioned, we mentioned earlier that there was also a score to the film and that was released and actually Mm -hmm. by Alan Silvestri. And he made two scores for the movie. He made one that was all electronic <laughs> and the filmmakers and things didn't like it. Um, like we mentioned. That is interesting. Cause remember what I was saying? Like that the score sounded too, or so that probably would have fit more. So his first instinct was to make a, a 
like a more kind of edgy sounding, you know, electronica score. Yeah, but then, huh? like we said, the director, Steve Hopkins, he had worked with them on Predator 2. He was just like, I want what Predator 2 I had for that. <laughs> yeah, but that's the problem. It just doesn't, again, list, when you're watching, when you're listening to or watching the movie, it's like not jiving with what it is. So it's like, that would be really interesting. Okay, this is another uh, Daenerys Stormborn with <laughs> whatever the hell we said. All the listeners out there, find the original Sylvester Mystery score. Put it under the movie. Well, it says it um, people were fighting for it. I don't know who these people are. I love them now. But, <laughs> what do you mean? They're probably yeah, us. But they, uh, <laughs> yeah, we need to be more advocate in our thing we've had a few ideas like actually we've had a lot of ideas we just actually need to get them yeah. into a list seriously what was supposed to be under the dragons burning everything down i don't uh, know just the dragon song from um oh yeah you yeah you are the last, last dragon. dragon song i actually did okay. it i have it I'll, I'll get that out probably in a couple months on okay. youtube i had it all put together <laughs> i took a, i just hadn't been able to put the final panache on it <laughs> Because I want to, yeah, maybe throw that maybe. edits in between, not just exactly that, but and you got to edit in us saying it, yeah, right, from the podcast. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but there was a bunch of, I guess, uh, grassroots. It's funny to even say that, <laughs> like score people <laughs> that push hard to get it released, and then like three of the tracks were released from the original. Forward. Oh, do we have? I any don't know. Of them I never looked them up. I didn't really take the time. I thought we'd have enough time. Uh... Just through all the all right, other yeah. stuff here because there's so many 11 bonus bonus episode we listened to the three tracks of Sylvester yeah. score <laughs> yeah, short, from the, the original score for judgment yeah, night do like little short sticks we do like 30 minutes that yeah, end yeah. up being an hour and a half <laughs> yeah <laughs> should we get all into right. the track let's start it yeah because i gotta get some energy and i gotta right, get should we hear the first one like, Oh, is it just another song? Yeah. No, it's not. Ready? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just another song. <laughs> it was just another victim. I know. We were all a victim of Helmet and House of Pain on that I bet one. bet she gives great Helmet. Helmet and gives, and then you, after that Helmet, you find you're in a, in a House of Pain. So, yeah, Helmet. I don't know if a lot of people have heard of Helmet. I didn't really. Alternative kind of heavy rock band. Not. Oh, yeah. That were big. Really? Yeah. Like Helmet. Actually, we were saying Tool, Helmet, and Tool. I think toured together a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't remember that. I wasn't into 
hard rock. I, I was not either. Yeah, I I wasn't like that. That's yeah, that's the thing with this is like they'll have certain people that are some of the rock bands are super super heavy. Some are like in between. I think the ones that are in between work the best. Yeah, probably. That maybe just have more punk tendencies versus like this is true. This starts off as the number one song with like hardcore metal. And there's like murderous um, scream in the background that's that yeah. up so you can't act, completely tell it is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It gets you pretty jacked. But, like, I don't know. It does. But then I, again, because, and you'll notice this as we go through more of this, then after that sort of jolt to the system as the first song, yeah. um, they slow it down, right? They slow it down right in the middle because they have to then get into sort of more a hip hop group to then let the, the hip hop part of the song sort Which of is play. a good mix. So I think that's a pattern. They yeah. do a good job. We're going to get through this whole thing, but it is just like the collection of the bands, even though you say most of them are alt rock and hip hop, you know, just the fact that they kind of got them, they have a mix just perfect, like a little bit heavier rock than a little bit down. And then same thing with the hip hop, more mm-hmm. of a heavier hip hop than a lighter hip hop, you know, or like a jazz hip hop group kind of thing. And it mixes so mm-hmm. well together. But I, I'm really glad that they yeah. decided to put that one at the front. It kind of like just, it's not, you see, hear that track, you're not going to forget. Like if you see the movie, think, hear that, get the soundtrack, and then you hear that, and then you hear it later on, you're just not going to forget. It's always, you're always going to be like, uh, yep. I really do think when we bought this album, Mikey, the CD for this and put it on, I do think this was one where when we turned it, put it on, where seriously, our mother was like, what are you like, like <laughs> old kind school of mother style, like scared? Because yeah. she was like, what is it that you're listening to? I guess she would get scared um, with yeah. this one. It is pretty heavy, but Let, let's be honest. We just were listening to it and both said, oh, Jesus. <laughs> that is something that, yeah, it's just it is weird. I can see their perspective totally because they just hadn't really heard this kind of music before. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure what the to- equivalent of today is. There's not really anything like that. Maybe I'll, I auto, think some of the more, not auto-tune, <laughs> but the, um, yeah, I mean, whatever, not auto-tune rap, the rap that's just really, like Chief Keef almost started it, right? But then now it's, that's almost 10 years ago, but kind of that. Um, what, Tyler, the creator? Or something? Not even him, though, because I think that's more creative. But then I would say that the other side of that kind of rap, where it's just like very, you know, they're repeating the word. It's like the leprechaun style of rapping, but it's like really good beats yeah. and then really slickly produced. And then it's almost like the new hardcore yeah, I guess. Uh, in a way. I think that would be the, the closest maybe. But it's so weird like that, because that. how do we, we can't really get scared as parents now, can we? Yeah, I, I know. I don't I should know. be careful what I say, but it's like. I mean, I, I wouldn't because I feel like I'm open-minded to listening to new things. Yeah. Maybe it's just like the idea, maybe for us, I mean, I would just be like, it wasn't about, it's like, what do you not like? Yeah. So it's like, to me, I'd, be, I'd go like any sort of like EDM, but th- that's really not because I'm scared by the music. It's because I just feel like, again, around like two years later from this, they tried to make EDM happen. And, and, we, and I think that EDM of like those guys and the Chemical Brothers and all that was actually a lot better than what they ended up doing yeah. like years on you know and maybe know. it's not gonna be we could do a whole another soundtrack right remember then they were doing trying to cross that electronic dance music and those djs with like rock bands so they tried to do the same kind of a thing 
you know, a couple of years down the line. Maybe it's not uh, in different movies. Maybe nowadays it's not going to be music. It's just like opiate drug addiction and <laughs> yeah, I like, don't know. There's drug addiction and stuff like that. Whatever environment that, makes you smart. That was something Kelly and I came Helmet up with. Was we wanted to start it. a movement where it's like for teens, instead of sending a, a dick pic, you send a pick pic where you take a pickle and whatever the um, dick pic would have been with the dick, you have a pickle instead. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that could have could be Dick something? pickle pick? Dick no, pickle pick? A, I like it's say. just a pick pic, it's called. And it's to fight against, you know, sexting or whatever. Hmm. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the other group you said was House of Pain. And um, mm-hmm. they're obviously pretty famous for Jump Around. But they have uh, three or four other in uh, really decent tracks. Um, I think a couple of the guys in the group, I don't know if everyone is, but has Irish heritage. And uh, Everlast, we talked about him earlier. He was He's in the film, so we mentioned that. He's actually, yeah, which is, I think, why they probably put this. At the, also, they got to be on the number one is because he's actually in the film, and then he's singing in this first song. Yep, and he's in the movie. He's one of the um, drug gang members. And he's, he's, Here, he's I, I wanna, here's one of the best. Can I tell you one of the best raps that he does in this? Sure. Like when, he, when they finally go on? Holy Godiva, I'm a survivor. Feeling like De Niro in Taxi Driver with Jody Foster and Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. Looks like I'm walking through a living hell. In the Just Another Victim? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's good. Was that your lyrics corner? <laughs> That's my yeah. lyrics corner. Nice just trying to look through his. But, like, they also start off with just, like, the screaming guy, too. So it is just, it's an interesting song when you look across what they're saying no. the two of them I, yeah it's one of those things I probably like some songs like hmm maybe I could come up with that this thing I could never come up with this it just comes from so many different worlds I'm not really what is he do you ever know what he's screaming I don't feel like I know what he's screaming at the very beginning the helmet singer oh I don't know victimized, victimized but you're in bed stumble out and run dead Jeez. if it ever paid if I ever paid to self start environment make you smart <laughs> that didn't sound like it made him that smart <laughs> yeah i don't no. know i love no, it, it i mean i think it's just saying that you're you you're your own victim i think is sort of what they're yeah. saying good amount of these tracks are gonna be kind or of, you uh, make yourself a victim to some extent good yeah. amount of these there's an angst track names and things and the tracks themselves are kind of be kind of ominous with the virus mm-hmm. going on yeah you can really put a, a, song, bit. a lot of these songs to the backdrop, which is yeah, kind of a downer. That's all right. All right, should we go to the next song? Um, well, I yeah. Guess... I mean, anything else you want to say? Yeah, I just I we always liked this one, and it was one that scared the crap out of parents if you put it on. And it probably still could, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I even for your our age, so. like play it, play it for your parents that are grandparents, so we get scared again. Yeah, all right. Every, all our listeners are out there. Find just another victim by Helmet and House of Pain and just start playing it. And your parents do. are um, social distancing by themselves in their house. Just get some speakers, go by their house, play yeah. it through the windows, and play it. Or if you're zooming or or skyping or facetiming or house partying, just put it on in the background and see who, yeah. see who's the first person to say Maybe something. Maybe be about talking it. to them normal and then cue someone else to turn out all the lights and turn the yeah. song out all of a sudden. <laughs> 
<laughs> or not turn off the lights, flip the lights on and off. Always the song is going on and see if you can freak them yeah, out. Yeah, but I like the darkness. Well, that's fine. No big deal. We don't have to put limits on it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you got. I mean, yeah, be creative. Send us those videos and then we'll put, and once we get those videos, we'll edit out just another victim and put in um, You Are the Last Dragon. So this song, I think, did get played in the movie just when they're in the apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Slamming down doors. Anything that you hear, anything you hear is going to be in that apartment complex scene. Yeah. That's all. Like, There's three I hear every there, one of these songs. And that yeah. was it, basically. All right, yeah. should we go to the, the next song, basically the theme song Ooh. of the movie? Theme song of the movie, a theme song of my life. <laughs> to run it i guess oscar Goldman got mad because i yeah, lose, lose so loose lose. <laughs> a lot of goose with the egg oh, oh we can just actually just stop we can just stop with this podcast right now this one we listen to that one a lot over and over again from what i remember and they play it a few two times in the movie if not more yeah beginning and end it's like the feeling good at the beginning and feeling good at the end yeah, that aligns with the yeah. movie. I don't want to give too much away. There is some. Yeah. I mean, you could give it away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the beginning is them like showing his neighborhood and he's, it's, again, and the North Shore, going to... and then at the end, it's like oh, they're gross. all all kind of happy because at least who you thought died yeah. didn't die, and the only guy that really died was Ray. Yeah, and so you're still kind of happy Piven. he gets to go back. Right. Yeah, Jeremy Piven. Yeah, uh, or whatever yeah. Ari Gold. This, this song and the last one are both four minutes and 30 seconds. This is Teenage Fan Club and De La Soul. And yeah. I think a lot of people know, obviously know De La Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, Teenage Fan Club is a Scottish alt-rock band. Yeah. Improv- improvisational, kind of like De La Soul. Like, mm-hmm. they eclectic kind of. Their, a bunch of their works just kind of go all over the place. And um, Yeah, they always remind – I always wondered, and they, and they got them, I think, the teenage fan club stuff I've heard of kind of is like Primus a little bit, right? Maybe, mm-hmm. kind of. If you're gonna equate it to like a mainstream band, a mainstream rockish band from that time, that they're like. So I always was wondering if maybe Primus was supposed to be the other one, and then they were like dropped out, and then they got teenage fan club to come in. Yeah, it's an interesting mix. 
I wonder how it worked out, like, worked out, because obviously, I feel like this one's more De La Soul influenced. Yeah. But, I, but so. yeah, so I think the ones that work the best, while I like the ones that are sort of juxtaposed, I think it's like these, and this is one of them, where it's the the rock band is meeting the hip-hop band at the same tempo from the beginning, or wherever. At the, or they're meeting them on their ground versus just having this big ju- juxtaposition between the two different uh, styles. Do you know um, what... So, uh, yeah, this one works best. Do you know what De La Soul means? Of the soul? <laughs> Good. I didn't... I took French. So I was going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> and Monique. I'm better off dead. Yeah. I gave her a call. I mean, if we're going to go to anything, right, and I know we're going... If we're talking about the happy ending, right, the, and, the, and the beginning, there aren't a lot of women in this. The woman, his wife really is probably, I would, if I'm not going to give it to somebody else, I'd give my, leave my wife award to <laughs> the wife. I have to pick one every time. I Come do on, though. And, with, and, and let me tell you why. She's and, with child. She just had. She just had a child, but it looked like she had her body back. But you know where, who oh, she's from. What did that she's, matter? I always had a, <laughs> she always had, um, it looked like, uh, or so it looked like, I think it is. It's the girl. She's one of the friends in the group from Dazed and Confused. And I always liked her in oh, that yeah. too. She doesn't say a lot in that movie. Yeah, I do like her though. Yeah, that's so that's, it's almost like I, I like her in this movie and I like her in Dazed and Confused, which I think they both came out very similar times. Yeah. So uh, they might also, seriously, I think they both came out in 1993. I guess if I had to pick anyone, it'd be like the leader of the gang that, at the apartment complex. Oh yeah, he was who just was like just taking care kinda of his hood and his boy. Take yeah, taking care of business. Like had to step up to Leary, yeah. but Leary was like, I I could still own you if I wanted. Nobody got yeah. his as much respect from Leary's character as that guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying the wife so I can talk about her being Daisy Confused, and she was. I did have a crush on her at the time, uh, and probably still do. But really, it's I'm, t- I'm I will ultimately give it to Leary. Just I want oh, Leary. Oh, Dennis Leary. In he movie. is good. In yeah, movie. he is. He is. That's probably his best movie, almost, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, how many movies was Denny? Well, we talked about well, some other like man. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Other weird stuff that like, he was in. But I'm just yeah. This is where he's 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 the baddie and he's the lead. Yeah. But yeah, this teenage fan club De La Soul song. I think it's the probably the best known song of this soundtrack. I think people who hear it, even if they don't know what it's from, know they you know there's a recognition yeah to it. It was, released as a, it's, it was released yeah. as a single. I think there's three tracks on here and that. And I don't know. They don't do they are, are they actually sampling Tom Petty for that part? I obviously never thought are they are they're just singing it themselves. I'm not sure. Uh, we could check. Yeah. But people that, I mean De La Soul, they're obviously their main first hit was Me, Myself and I. And then you brought up the Gorillas. Yeah. Um so they've worked with the Gorillas. Feel good ink there on that song, which a lot of people know. Mm-hmm. Feel good. Doom. And then they had an album like two years ago. Did you listen to much of that one? They lost. Yep. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty good. They did my favorite song on that one's "Drawn" with Little Dragon. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that one? Featuring Little Dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's really that's good. Good. Yep. They've been around a long time, but yeah, this that one. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it other than I could listen to it all day, every day. They yeah, got a, a nominated for a Grammy, I think, for that last album. I don't think they did won, they, but yeah. That's great. 
So yeah, I, I don't know. What else do you want to say? I mean, that really is I to me this is one of the pinnacle. I mean, I like a lot of the other stuff. This is probably one of my highlights, if not the best song on here. There's it's a, a couple good, others. It's but... a good chill song, like and starting mm-hmm. the night song and end or ending the night song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you just like the movie. So yeah, I think they did placement well on that and put these guys together well. And like I said, you start off the night, you can put that on um, in the middle after you drink maybe a little few too many drinks. Just put on just another victim and scare everyone. <laughs> like <laughs> then throw on party. teenage. Yeah, and then, but then bring it all back at the end or something. It's a teenage fan club. Yeah. All right. Should we go to the next one? Mm-hmm. All right. kept it going there i i, I, as I, to that, I, I like that song a lot more than i thought <laughs> yeah i i'm telling you i was when i was listening to it the other day i go i feel like i would sometimes skip that because you know run dmc as we talked about before kind of the godfathers of the rap 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 rock combo yeah. um song with doing that one uh, in 87 with time. aerosmith or yeah, or maybe it was even before 87, maybe it was 85. It's really early um, on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then this one with Living Color. But that one was uh, more like, of, um, you know, them rapping over the song. There, Yeah, the song. It wasn't yeah, really they, like and a this mix, is what, you know. But I, and what I think, yeah, this one is feels like the best mix. Honestly, one of the best mix because Living Color, sort of at, very well known as, what, or at least one of the bigger of the time African-American sort of punk, or at least African-American-led punk bands. Yeah. Um, and you can hear that they, yeah, they're completely mixing with um, sort of their classic sounds. And I, I wonder, meaning our run DMCs, but then mixing in their own guitar sounds and sort of their their vibe. But it works well. Um, it and it really does. I, but I feel like I didn't like it as much when I was 13. And right now, I, like now, I like it so much yeah. more. You, you find how much more impressive yes. it is. Because I remember being like, why is this, why is Teenage Fan Club and De La Soul not the third song? I think it's the better song. But then, yeah, you hear this and you go, okay, now I see why they did Living Color and Run DMC as the third song. It actually is probably, I, I still think the De La Soul song is an awesome song, but then if you're talking about the purest form and giving respect to both the genres, it is probably this song. Yeah, so uh, that was, three. you mentioned it basically, Living Color and run by living color and run dmc the song's called me myself and my microphone kind of ironic because me myself and i de la soul i don't know if they did that on purpose mm-hmm. or something probably mm, i don't know maybe yeah track placement yeah. but um living color um is from new york um he's mentioned it kind of like a punk 
alter- that's what all the bands are really punk alternative mm-hmm. not too heavy but they had the song mm-hmm. um cult of personality was kind of their main mm-hmm. but they had a you know a few i think they had two or three albums in the 90s but they've got yeah they they were really known even though they did punk stuff to have sort of more of a groove yeah groove to it in the bass yeah yeah the, yeah. the bass did it almost like uh, red hot chili peppers ish yeah that's but a they good, never went kind of that all that yeah. far you know Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's pretty neat that they got run DMC because obviously, like, they're the, like I said, they basically just rapped over a rock song um, when they did Walk This Way, but you had to start somewhere, right? So, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people know run DMC. It's tricky. Um, Christmas and Hollis is good is a good one to mention because that's actually um, a good soundtrack track on um, Die, Die Hard. Which yeah, we mentioned right. in an episode around Christmas time of Die Hard being a Christmas movie and all that. And um, Die Hard doesn't have much more on their soundtrack besides that, besides uh, score songs and that. But that's a really good song that's on there. Um, it's actually when the limo driver's in the parking garage. He's listening to it in the movie um, in the limo when he's having drinks and hanging out with some ladies and everything's going down with the terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> and also Run DMC was in Crush Groove, part of Crush Groove. And that ties yeah. to the um, director of um, The Last Dragon. If you remember him okay. and the main writer did Crush Groove. Okay. So there's some ties there for some other things we did. But yeah, back to the song. Um, I'm not sure what else, m- much more to say what you said, but yeah, I just really appreciate it now more um, than back when we used to listen to this album. I, don't, I think we usually listen through the album now. Yeah, a lot of times you're just playing video, I just think, yeah, video I think games some or something, and you just let it go. But definitely, I remember listening to Fallen more and a couple other ones. I don't remember listening this one on repeat though. Mm-hmm. But now I think I, I feel like I like it. Yeah, just like another, like another level of liking it. Does that drum, that style of that off uh, beat? drum and that run dmc what does that have like a name i mean it's the 808 machine but does that particular kind of how it does it does that have like i don't a... know you could probably look it up with run dmc or something <laughs> i know it's probably just, just one of the first like you know makers of those um mixed machines or whatever <laughs> whatever you can yeah get. I mean, maybe that's what it, yeah it's something that is like uh but yeah, I feel like it had a name or it has some kind of a name. Yeah. Maybe. We'll maybe just call it Orchestra or... Hit of Drums since we talked about that last time. <laughs> the Orchestra of Drums. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, we give a lot of credit as like the, the, uh, the to run DMC, right? As saying like, okay, they were the ones who started this, that stuff of like, rapping over rock songs. But let's, let's be honest, the big, the big glaring, um, the big glaring omission on here is where, where the fuck are the fat boys? You yeah, know? that is pretty bad. Giving... <laughs> I was, it is disappointing. Where, I think they're all. Where's dead. my? <laughs> let me ask you something. Where the fuck is my fat boys and and the cranberries? They tried probably to get them on this, but they're like, we're just. They got the, like. They probably got like too fat. Well, you have to let it linger. We have to let it linger. <laughs> Or sex machines. <laughs> that movie is really good. We got to do that one. Disorderly. Yeah, disorderly. That might, I think. Hey, Easter egg. If anybody's listening, it's probably coming up. It's coming up. 
Although I can't remember how good the soundtrack is, but if it has one fat what do you voice mean? Song, it's basically, it's going to be all fat boys. I don't know if that's the case. I feel like I looked it up and I was like surprised. Because it's like all score. It was actually song, all just like hard rock. Heavy death metal. What is no. The fat boys truly did just say the lyrics to the rock songs over a, a hip hop beat. But like they did like fifty songs. That was the best part. Yeah. Well, we'll touch more on well, that. And that is the song we call Louie Louie. <laughs> Louie Louie. Fat boys. They just, they didn't really know how to rap, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> they had one guy that could do like the most basic beat. Oh yeah. <laughs> they knew how to eat. <laughs> they did. They were just a product of the time. All right, should we go to the next one? Yeah. Which is really, I guess, technically the title track, if you want to call it that. Don't give it away. It's Night of the Judgment. another victim scared our parents <laughs> then this track judgment night made them think we were just perfect <laughs> we were just perfect perfect little angels uh onyx i i onyx. forgot how much i love onyx and how much mystical owes them <laughs> or master p i was thinking yeah master p like mystical shittier, shittier, yeah obviously but you know, yeah, I, I don't think mystical himself. I mean, mystical is. I don't know. Mystical kind of is his own thing. Yeah, I, I get. I mean, I know what you're saying, but yeah. Um, so that was Biohazard and Onyx. Onyx. A lot of people know them. They had their main hit was Slam. That got a lot of, I think, acclaim, and I think even won some awards or something. But it's a really hard track. More of a hard rap group. So, yeah, and this is one where because Onyx was already kind of a hardcore hip-hop, it matched with a band like Biohazard for them to just basically do sort of a... Go all the way. Uh, they could just kind of do a, a guitar riff, and these guys just doing just some awesome rapping, rap screaming over the top. Yeah. Obviously, it's an ominous song, um, kind of um, in a minor key mm -hmm. through a lot of it. 
um, a lot of rallying kind of stuff at the beginning. Um, shouting and then mixing um, some pretty hard rapping in combination. I don't know much about Biohazard, though, do you, or did you ever hear of that? Again, yes. I mean, all of these bands, all of the hard, I think because it's such a, um, what I would call probably like a, uh, like a small, not a small community, but like a hardcore, hardcore community. I think like a lot of them, if you just knew people who, um, you know, who were sort of into it and I, you would always know those kids right there, the ones who wore black shirts <laughs> with the different bands. I think a lot of them would like tour together to be honest or yeah. find ways to be playing together. Yeah. So in my head and but maybe that's just in my head, but I think that's why these are all the same at the same time, but they, I think they, I would say, I think tool and helmet, I remember being super together and then bands like biohazard. And I'm trying to think who else is on this one. Slayer. And Slayer, Yeah. Well, Slayer kind of was outside, but yeah, biohazard and Slayer a little bit being more in some of the same circles. I could be completely wrong with. And then obviously we know all the different ones that are the really more of the alternative ones. This track was uh, four minutes and 30 seconds. It's called judgment night. I don't know, you know, when it's, it starts to be the nineties, there's less of the, the title track. I mean, it's called the name of the movie. Um, but I don't know if that was the complete intent. I know what you're saying. Meaning, yeah, it's not like it pulls it all together. The way that some of these 80s soundtracks have, right? Is that what you're saying? Just, just yeah. yeah. That whereas I mean, they this, write this, the whole this, this song, song around the yeah. film, and I'm not sure that this is like most of these songs integrate I, yeah. themes of the movie. But they're not really so about the movie, and they're just sort of, yeah. they can really be standalone that, songs. Yeah, yeah, they're standalone songs. And I think that's kind of, the, that's why maybe like this is like the same thing. It just happens to be titled the name of the movie, you know? But it wasn't. It's the '90s. It wasn't the '80s, so it wasn't as, I guess, cheesy or direct or whatever. <laughs> Although we said last episode, um, "Better Off Dead" track was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Compared to a bunch of the other ones we've done with the title tracks, where it's just basically lyrics completely written around the the movie. <laughs> yeah, like the idea of the whole movie. No, I think that is sort of how it. If you're gonna yeah, so if you're gonna talk about what's gone, different, yeah, they obviously did the placement on purpose. So they kind of had a hard song. They mixed it back in lighter, a bit lighter, a couple tracks, and back to a bit harder song. So good mix, like we were talking about. Yeah, um, I just I will always, I think the lyrical dexterity uh, of Onyx. So Onyx came up in New York, um, I think around the same time as like Wu Tang Clan. Uh, and we're just, you know, kind of neck and neck with them lyrically to some extent. I think it's just the hardcore style on, on rap phased out until they sort of phased out. Um, but to me, their, their, their uh, wordplay and their, and their lyrics are just as good uh, uh, on a lot of different songs as Wu-Tang Clan, which is one of my, also one of my favorites. But then these guys... Um, and, and I think it's, it's showing on here. If you listen past beyond just sort of the screaming of the judgment night and listen to the, um, listen to the song and specifically the, the, uh, I think it's sticky, like sticky fingers was one of the rappers. I think they were all different figures, but sticky fingers, final, um, verse on that, on this song. 
I always recall like singing it and remembering it. Um, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I, that's that I recall being um, just really well written. We don't need your war. Oh, God, government is fucked. That's gonna totally <clears throat> just screw up your voice. Yeah, I, don't know how you can I mean, continually you can do go that. all the way back to like John Lennon doing "Twist and Shout," and like he had to stop doing it. I remember that was like the urban legend, you know, because he did that screaming. When you scream like that, yes, it does. Screws you up. It does. That was a uh, disorder, and that's a combination of Slayer and Ice T. Really, it's just we should just call it the war song because they're screaming war. I think a lot of people know who Ice T is, especially the younger people, because he was uh, the main detective in Silk Stockings. (laughs) (laughs) But on USA, (laughs) I think you know you said when we were talking, it's like where's Ice T in that? And it's funny because this is this is one now that's the reverse. But why this one were of what we're talking about, where it's the the band, in this case, you know, meeting meeting the hip-hop uh, on their level, uh, Slayer and Ice-T don't necessarily have to, because this was the time in Ice-T's career, if you recall, where he was actually getting into doing punk. So he was, this is yeah. later in his career, and he actually enjoyed, he was doing punk rock. That's what he was doing. This stuff. He was probably really comfortable mm-hmm. doing that. And so, yeah. He's like, oh, sign me up. I'm doing freaking everything else, too. Yeah. I'm an actor, I'm a producer, I'm a musician. <laughs> but that was, I mean, he, he, he was kind of the first uh, rapper that I remember doing that, where he yeah. kind of switched and said, okay, I'm gonna, I think I can get, you know, he's always a political, and then he liked sort of how the message could get out in sort of that hardcore way. Um, if you recall, Nick Lil Wayne did a similar thing after, maybe after the, the Carter Four, where he sort of tried to do rock and roll and a little bit of punk. Mm-hmm. Remember that was the only other like kind of really mainstream rapper that I remember um, doing something like that, and then I guess Kanye did try to do the same sort of thing a little bit on the um, uh, what album was that? Uh, I guess it's Jesus, yeah, where they where he did some like rockier style songs. 
So no, but Ice T wasn't really in Silk Stockings. It was like Law and Order SVU. I think he's still on what the show th- too, is he? <laughs> See, that's another thing that I used to just put on Silk Stockings and then put a picture, you know, and I would pause it on that part, you know, like there's like, you know, how they give you like half a butt cheek on there. Like, yeah, I'd pause it on that, and then that's I Ice-T's. yeah, no, then I then I put up, then I put up a picture of Ice T over the TV, and then that's what I yeah. uh, that's a good thing to yeah, get off to. Um, actually, a couple of things with Ice T on his acting um, career that kind of tie in. He was in Leprechaun in the Hood. He was. <laughs> yes. We got to keep going back to it. Yeah. So he made a cameo like um, Coolio at some point in the movie. And then, uh, kind of weird, he was in a movie called Judgment Day. What? It looks like kind of like a horrible B-rated like type movie, but <laughs> I didn't get a chance to watch it or anything. But I just thought it was funny that he was in Judgment Day when this is Judgment Night. Nice. Yeah. And then, obviously, some of his early tracks. I mean, he was a one of the first kind of early hip-hop artists. And um, Colors was one, one of his more famous tracks. And then he also did 99 Problems, which Jay-Z took that one from him. And I don't know if a lot of people know that. What's that? 99 Problems. Oh, yeah. That was ice Tea song. And I don't know if a lot of people know that Jay-Z basically took that song from him. Oh, yeah. You mean the... Yeah. They never really credit him. Interesting. That well. Other things you want to say about the song that you can think of? I always liked. Um... Did you ever see Slayer mm-hmm. before? Mm-hmm. They're always pretty hard, hardcore, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it just their name throws you off and then they're like acoustic? Yeah, I mean, right. And they're just really kind of a. <laughs> they're a jam band in the background. Yeah, no, this uh, track was about four minutes and 50 seconds. And in this part of the album, we get into a few pretty hardcore songs in a row. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, I mean, this is a song I think you could still like put on, um, I don't know, at like a at, like a college rally. And people would be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Fuck the government. Doesn't sound old or anything to me no i mean most of the tracks we've heard through this whole thing are, are really well put together yeah. that's um so they're definitely like a lasting there's not a datedness yeah. to much of what you're no. listening to here i think there might be one in here that's coming yeah. up but we can talk about yeah. that later when we get
Marquiasco. I have a body We're bullet! Like a horror house. You, you, no. you thought Ice-T and Flair were hardcore, and then Faith No More and Booyah Tribe took it up a notch. I, I mean, I like some hardcore music, but the most, I mean, I love that song. I know, it's so awesome. That thing is relentless. Just everything that's put together, that hardcore guitar riff that just goes through the whole thing. And people will remember, Faith No More was like a big staple with that one song that was very epic sounding. Epic. Oh, what's it called? Epic? Yeah. yeah. It was super yeah. uh, orchestral, you and you don't really. I don't yeah. think the is the lead. The lead singer doesn't sing on this song. Uh, oh, okay. I don't think so, right? I think it's. I thought at the beginning there wasn't there maybe, something there. Maybe I, I mean, just, either, if you, anything, maybe he's doing the screaming. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's what. I, that's what I. But yeah, faith no more and booyah tribe. Yeah. Um, four minutes and twenty four seconds. Another body murdered. Another song that could go with the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> you want to have, if you want to have, uh, yeah, if you want another body, murder, another body down. Do you remember our music video to this one when I was in my whitey tidy underwear? <laughs> I don't remember. Why did we do it though? Just for fun? Because <laughs> we just liked the song so much. And I just, the beginning when it's so like kind of calm for just a little bit, it's like, oh. I don't know. It's so and good. Nuts. I think you actually just beat the crap out of me, too. Like, I didn't... We kind of rehearsed the video, and we were going to just, like, actually lip-sync the song, and instead, you just, like, came in with as the rapper or something and just kind of beat the hell out of me. Sweet. That's <laughs> Booyah Tribe. Because you murdered I had to me. Booyah Tribe, you. <laughs> yeah. But Faith No More is from San Francisco. You mentioned the epic song. Yeah. They were on the uh, one kind of random thing. They're on the Gremlins 2 soundtrack with a song called Surprise You're Dead. Okay. I didn't listen uh, to it. So. That could have, that could be the Takash of like that doesn't exist, but could. What like Takash can be? If yeah, no, just like if there's no Takash. If the movie doesn't have, if all the songs are either not on there or whatever, then you can just pick a band like a thing from the soundtrack on another soundtrack. Waves through to another movie. Yeah, I don't know. That too. sounds like something. Else. That sounds like a time traveler or something. I'm trying to think of something. Some movie I think Faith No More convention. was from, it's from California. Yeah, is that it, weird? Well, no, because then Booyah Tribe... Well, so it's interesting. Do they also do them off of the coast or like what coast they were on? Because then... I don't know. I'm probably, I'm probably sure. Hell, yeah, because like still... a couple of the different bands I was looking up, they're on the East Coast and then these are East Coast rappers and Booyah Tribe is from Carson, California. So yep, then, then the next couple they have east and west coast, so, so then know. they have the and then they get the but maybe that's just because they would could get them in the studio together who knows well, I sure, yeah. just is. think yeah. about just trying to minimize your production yeah. costs might be like oh if they work together and they're both on the west side why the hell not yeah. just have them do the song <laughs> also i like that you just called it yeah, like, you, you instead you of calling the west in. you just go you know if they're on the west side <laughs> booyah tribe is uh so you say it like this you go you know if they're on the west side Exactly. That's how they do it. That's how you do it. If, they, if they're not upset, then they, then it works out. If you just <laughs> yeah. say that. Yeah, they're Samoan. They're from LA. It's kind of psycho funk rap, and they're a um, little bit more underground yeah. group, but were just like Ice T, like really early on hip hop group. Um, um, really well known. Really good group. 
made a lot of good music, just a little like a little bit more underground. Mm-hmm. But this song, I mean, I thought they're his rapping, whoever the main one is, uh, main guy, uh, was there's just really good on this one. Oh, yeah, definitely. One of the top tracks. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like this whole. I know you got. Good. There's some you go up and down, but then it's like it doesn't. It's something where just kind of putting them all together, like we said, really makes it. And maybe there's like one or two you just pretty much kick out and say no. Yeah. But. And then like we even with me and myself and my microphone, like we said, that used to be. I, yeah, I didn't feel like, like I liked it, but yeah, it's but, age. Um, it's a it's a fine wine up there. DMC Living Color, Run DMC and Living Color, fine wine, fine wine. Yeah, I agree. Did I say that track was four minutes and twenty four seconds? I mm-hmm. think I did. Maybe I'll just yeah. I think this one is just literally. I think everything is in that four minute range. It seems like right. A lot of the songs. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit over like That's a standard pop, but it makes sense. They're kind of combining the two, so they let sort of letting everybody have each group have two minutes or something. Yeah, I think there's probably something to that. Just like because there's so many different people mixed in there, they didn't want to have too much Discord. Yeah. And then you give them space. They probably and yeah, them. a lot of these have yeah. a lot of ups and downs, crescendos, or and then they gave them that format, yeah. you know. And there's probably things in their contracts where it's like, you know, some of the more fam- famous groups are like, well, we're gonna have four minutes, you know. Um, you know, this other combination can't have yeah. three minutes or. You know, we only get three minutes or something. So there's probably something to that. It's like mix them all together. Where's the, yeah. Say four you know, they're track. saying like Peter Jackson's mitt has like another Beatles documentary about the making of Let It Be. It's like, okay, how many different, you know, uncut, you know, versions of that are we going to see? Okay, we get it. They were arguing, boring. I want to see the behind the scenes of the making of the Judgment Night soundtrack. Where's that footage? Where's with, that? Yeah, with Happy Walters. Walters. Just... Kicking ass and taking that footage, Peter Peter Jackson. Kick. Yeah, let's do one more fucking documentary about the Beatles. It bore my ass off. We already know the story. His sidekick, his like assistant producer who was Adam yeah. Sandler at the time. He's a fucking dead <laughs> whore. No. Here's the new original idea. Judgment night behind the scenes. Why are the songs four thirty? Go. Jesus Christ. It's not that hard, people, to think of new ideas. <laughs> <laughs> they literally had no they don't have any cameras they have no footage of this it's just, just... no yeah <laughs> it probably wasn't that hard i don't know it's that's just a yeah. lot of groups though to get put together but back then at least it was in the 90s well, so i feel like I, you gotta remember a lot and i think a, what you also had happening was you had like Lollapalooza happening and and then perry oh, farrell oh. was doing a lot of getting these other other rap groups to be in Lollapalooza. So they were mixing in that realm already, you know? So there, I think that was part of this too. Lollapalooza, uh, trivia, Lollapalooza was a traveling um, uh, festival. Now it's a standard festival. Do you know where it's held? I have no idea. It's Sweden. Like Sweden or something. What's <laughs> San, San, San Francisco, Francisco where Faith and Morris. That's right. We'll just leave it right at we'll that. Just leave it and at all that. I want to Should say is Kelly Fortune Betcher, if you got this far, hi. <laughs> Send in your answer. Take a guess, honey bear. <laughs> yeah. All right. Should we go to the next one?
I saw these guys. I saw Cypress uh, Hill at Rock the Bells, it was called. A shout out yeah. to Riverside, California. I'm kidding. Riverside is a, is a total <laughs> dump. <laughs> but um, no offense, but it is. Uh, they had like a, <laughs> it was like a 25 foot tall skeleton sitting in a throne, king sitting in a throne. And it was actually a bomb on stage. <laughs> and they, that was the first song they did yeah. was the hits from the bong. Yeah. And everyone pretty much, uh, I mean, it was ridiculous. Right when it started, like everyone lit up and it was just. That's awesome. Awesome. What do you, you mean? I, this is one could... that I, this is another one that's now grown on me. I think as I've gotten older, I think it's one I probably didn't like as much or get. And now I think it's like, I love it. No, I like this one. I always kind of like, I mm-hmm. like the sound of their voice. And then. I don't know. Every song they do is about marijuana. But what I, I think, Maybe I what I say always that. think is cool is because Sonic Youth is so cool, and they're such again, and such a cool alternative band who was always into noise rock anyway, and they just they're the ones in doing all of the little side pieces. So again, they let them lay the beat, take the yeah. lead, and then they're so great in this song of like laying they the little the pieces end. that are really cool. And if you actually listen to this song all the way to the end it does sort of like a stick cool standard alterno sonic youth, like, like fade out with weird music in the, you know, that's perfect for if you are literally smoking weed, but also it's perfect if you're not smoking weed of just the, the ambient sounds of a guitar and whatever other instruments they're using in the background. And so like, you can't say it's true hip, it's all the way hip hop. It's all the way this. It's just like, a, it is an amalgamation in this set uh, with these two, um of like their two aesthetics so to me that of all of these this one was the yeah. one to me and we talk about our well, we talk about all of them i thought this was there's a couple on here that are pretty close this is the one where i felt like even if it's not my favorite song it's the one that i felt where they the two gelled the most and like we're complimenting and not stepping yeah. on each other yeah. so you could tell like what it was is probably just like, and then, you know, but then you still have Kim Gordon. I think that is Kim Gordon. It sounds like singing the, the, the chorus with him. Right. So he's saying, I love Mary Jane. And then she's saying the, 
yeah. should have come by and get me high part. And so it's just, it's, it's a very cool song. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. But yeah, so Sonic Youth is from New York. And so All right. So then we were off so on that. Yeah. That's the song. Didn't like. But they're little, I was going to say, like yeah, at this point, both of, the both of them are famous. So it's enough like, that they, they could, they could. Yeah. 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 Maybe they could figure that out. But yeah, that is a good mix. I don't, I, that'd be the interesting part is figuring out how they line these two up. Cause, um, it ended up like a really good choice like you basically just outlined but the song's called i love you mary jane which is in the chorus and then sonic youth cypress hill three minutes mm-hmm. and 52 seconds but great really good summary that um yeah i think you know to your point i think re going through this just now that living color and run dmc uh, like is a second yeah it's yeah, probably the, second the gelling to this yeah. in terms of the group, yeah, gelling and the group's mm-hmm. uniqueness coming through, I'd say. But this is the top yeah, one. I don't know if it's quite there, yeah, really at the same level. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like the falling song, yeah. but it's more of a poppy one and not as much mm-hmm. technical summary like you just gave about the groups coming through, even though it kind of is. But mm-hmm. it's just a little mm-hmm. too poppy and easy to say. No, that, it is. And, know, and you don't really see sense. in that one where. That one you don't feel like teenage fan club is coming through at all, right? It really just is, it's by it could just be you could say if you said fallen is, is by is by De La Soul you just be like okay yeah that's a De La Soul song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably true. Um, so a couple yeah. other ties to things we've talked about before. Um, Cypress Hill actually from the song we mentioned I just mentioned earlier hits from the bong. They mm. sampled Dusty Springfield. Mm-hmm. We mentioned last episode because she had on one of her albums had um mm-hmm. arrested by you which was a track on the last contract but they did uh son of a preacher man is sampled in that hits from the ball and then they're also for their soundtrack another soundtrack tie they're on the white men can't jump soundtrack uh with a song called a to the k which that white man can't jump soundtrack is pretty good i think was that 89 mm-hmm. or say that is 90 it's probably 90s we mentioned it last episode because we were talking yeah. to Dr. John about basketball. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to have to check. I think we that called it. Yeah, it's 92. Keeps it's out. 90s. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can't. We're supposed to do some Jump 80s back here in. for a while. But maybe, maybe go to maybe the eventually. 70s. I don't know. <laughs> it's just that 80s. Yeah. Yeah. In two years. And again, we're not Madness, jumping we'll all the way because I think jump. this dies out at a certain point, you know. The, what, the kind of style that we're talking about when you're talking about soundtracks. So it's like, even this is starting yeah. to veer, as, you're, as you pointed out, this is starting to veer away from centering it around the movies, and now it's more about a collection of songs that can sell the album. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But yeah. maybe feel like the movie. And then some movies, I mean, obviously yeah. don't even try anything. Yeah. It's just kind of what can we stick in here? Yeah. Or what can we throw it in at a cheap yeah. price or a decent throw price? It. Yeah. Or what's going to late 90s starts to be like, what yeah. can we just yeah. sell to the kids or something? Yeah. Looking for a bang with a nice hip. Gotta have a set of them thick lips. When it comes to sex, I'm on 
Anyone want to guess? It's familiar. If you can call him rapper, ma'am, shake a bit. Shake a little, ma'am. Shake a bit. Sir, mix a lot. Four minute, four minute track. They did. It's not really fair. If all the pairings, they're the ones that. Yeah, we were just listening to this right now, and we're going okay. Ma'am Shake a Bit is such a bad rapper. And then, uh, and, and they're trying, right? So, but this is one where they're not slowing it down for him. So he's trying to rap to like their level, their level. Yeah. And then it's just, it doesn't work, I think. Fat. Yeah. It's a little bit like Then they actually slow it down for the chorus. And the chorus is okay when they say the freak mama part. But just uh, yeah, I like that, ma'am. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I go both I ways. Know. It's kind of I, funny too. I this, it's like, ma'am, it's great that it just this. <laughs> ma'am, shake a bit. Just a, uh, that first part after you've heard so many good rappers on this album. <laughs> I remember always, honestly, like skipping this one. I would always skip this song. <laughs> So I never got to the part where Mud Honey starts singing the chorus. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Sir Mix yeah. a lot. Obviously, the think... baby got back. <laughs> if anybody, I mean, I think people know, but I'm just reiterating. Let's but... refer to him because as real. Name. I was going to do this for my ma'am. Shake a bit. That is seriously her name. These guys are both Mud Honey and Sir Mix a lot mm-hmm. are both from Seattle. So there's that again, where it seems like a high percentage, yeah. like we were saying, are in the same area, but. um I was going to do this for my lyrics corner. I actually don't have one, but I started look just because he literally Again. his rap is just about butts in this one too. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I'm coming here for the butts and I love the butts. I, did, I mean, and, even the you know, first one, I'm butts. here for the mud, honey. Get it? Because he says that he's so, he's a horrible rapper. Yeah. <laughs> but they have yeah. kind of a funny interesting tie yeah to me yeah i feel like mud uh, honey was like whatever we could sir mix a lot in the draw drawing straws of the rappers but i get let's just do something yeah they're like do it. freak mama okay sir mix a lot go <laughs> it has nothing this to, even there's the nothing either. in this like, one <laughs> yeah freak <laughs> Who's the freak guess, mama? The apocalypse like, is the mom. Like in the apartment complex when the mom when the mom freaks She's out. She's a freak mama. Freak. The rest of the group. Yeah. yeah. That's kind yeah. of rude that Sir Mix-a-Lot trying to protect her when, child to being a know, mother bear. She's like in a very Yeah. And she was so kind to, to let the house group into the 
into their apartment. Oh, thanks for letting me in. My name's Sir Mixalot, and I'd like to use your butt. I mean, like your phone. (laughs) (laughs) You can do side bends or sit-ups. Dial 9111, we're in the... Oh, it's not working. Let me see your butt. (laughs) No, but actually I was saying, um, the two groups have an interesting tie in another way, not just the song. Um, They both were like a (laughs) tie to Bill Nye the Science Guy. So, Mudhoney actually was on Bill Nye the Science Guy mm-hmm. and did a version of his theme song. Really awesome. I recommend checking it out. They do a great job with it. And Bill Nye's like dancing around to it. And then um, the tie for Sir Mixlot is when that song came out, one of the episodes of Bill Nye, <laughs> one of the episodes of Bill Nye, they did a segment where they did a parody of the song. Uh, baby got back and they just called it bill got boats mm-hmm. and it was a segment about buoyancy <laughs> can you <laughs> no i just i'm I hearing it and i just like i want to laugh because i get it yes i get it bill got boats. Bill got boats. so much on this song and he ruins his song <laughs> oh you just I... <laughs> have so much anger on him you can't enjoy that that's like the most ridiculous And I was watching the music video and then underneath all the comments, like there's all these people that came on and like, oh, like in the 90s or something, I, I watched that song in science class and the teacher is came on and all the all the kids in the class started (laughs) singing the Sir Mix-a-Lot song. And the teacher got red and had to turn it off. So at least Sir Mix-a-Lot got all of us to even in science class to think about butts. Mission accomplished Sir Mix-a-Lot. Yeah, so I don't know if any. I guess if you have to choose yeah. a track to kick out, this is the one you kick out, and maybe you put that rage mm-hmm. song in there because rage, I'm sure that's gonna rage be and tool. <laughs> but I don't know. It's fine. It's kind of fun I, to I, I maybe I'm being too harsh know. on it. I just know, even listening to it now, I, I like the part with Mud Honey, but the part that first, it still grates on me when Sir makes a lot. I don't know. There's something about it, and I think it is because it just sounds like he's doing the same rap pattern that he did for yeah for he did he the same lazy. He pattern lazy of, of rapping that he did for baby got back and then he's just like yeah you gotta be kind of actually maybe a little disappointed in mud honey too yeah it's like couldn't they have pushed him to do something you know they gotta be sitting there <laughs> going like this is bs like yeah they, maybe, or they were just like that's what i'm just, saying or when they know. finally they were like okay we that's enough this is the 80th this is the 80th <laughs> Take That's a enough. freak mama, I'm done. Try. Just yeah. fucking throw Just a couple of this shit together and we're done. Give us our $100,000 later.
that's a listening one. That's where that's they were good. trying to do something different. Uh, with and I put that at number either two yeah. or three, sort of how you're ranking with the gelling between uh, Dinosaur Junior and Delta the Funky Homo Sapien, because they, um, yeah, they're they're vibing there as well. Uh, that that one. Yeah, I might put that as two now in my yeah. opinion, but I'd probably have to listen to the tracks mm-hmm. all the way through again because it's pretty close. But I think when I was younger, I don't know if I understood yeah. like Delta see... Homo Sapien or something at the time. Yeah, maybe you're it was like, kind of weird, but now that we, we know him so didn't... well from everything, like, yeah. 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 So we got two guys that are on, you know, collaborated with Gorillas. I think you kind of mentioned that, but just getting into the specifics, Del the Funky Homo Sapien was mm-hmm. also was on Clint Eastwood and Rock the House songs with the Gorillas. Then Dinosaur um, Jr. really like second tier uh, Seattle, right? Dinosaur Jr. No. Yeah. yeah. Massachusetts, other side. Yeah. Okay. No, they're in Massachusetts. So that's kind of. Okay. Yeah. So, so they're they're Del mixing. Yeah. Interesting. But he's actually Ice Cube. No, cousin. I didn't know that. I don't know if you know that. Maybe you do. Um. Yeah. But uh, oh, okay. So Del the whole yeah, Funky Homo Sapiens. Then he um, Dinosaur Junior. But I mean, ran with the yeah, same alternative. He, they, they then they were the East Coast version of that all because they were like, I always saw them with Mud Honey, Pearl Jam, Sonic Youth. Like they were, it was all those bands together at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like all those bands a lot because mm-hmm. they're a little bit more experimental. Like you said, mm-hmm. the farthest probably being Sonic Youth, but, and then Mud Honey, like you said, being a little bit more riff orientated guitar so, riff kind of. I know this is one, right? Situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dinosaur yeah, Junior is probably bit. like a blend of those two or something. <laughs> But yeah, Adele, the, the Funky Homo Sapien here showing like he's he has he's done a career out of like being able to do like rap rock stuff, um, and so I think he's comfortable with anything. So it's interesting that he's yeah, yeah. The way his voice mm-hmm. sounds works well, just kind of like Ice T works well. So does his. I mean, I think there's a couple other on here that worked pretty well, but. I mean, when you did Onyx and mm-hmm. Booyah Tribe, it was kind of going more the harder, hard way, you know, working with the hard, hard rock way, the way they rap. Yeah, I, um, um, this one though, like we've said in the, um, some of the other ones, even like Freak Mamba, that it doesn't, I don't know that it has anything to do at all. This one really isn't, I don't think it's in the movie and it's just, I think it might be at the end on the credits, um. And doesn't have anything to do with the movie, but it, it is one of the more interesting songs on the soundtrack. Yeah, and that's unfortunately we haven't talked much about yeah. the movie <laughs> anymore because no, none of the tracks are really nothing. Movie, it's just like, so yeah. it doesn't really tie together, which works you a little can bit. You sort of better bring them back the around, but yeah. But in this, it's stuff, they're okay. they're really not in the the movie past whatever probably song ten or eleven here eight eight. Um, yeah. I think there was a kid movie yeah, that so came out re- recently called they Missing have, Link. They should have picked up um, this track. one. <laughs> well, that's what I, again, that's what we're talking about. This is why we yeah, have stayed in the 80s because we've liked that aesthetic of like the it being part of the movie and it's not just about having songs or if it is, they're in the movie. Here, you start to just realize this is just ends up starts to become just a concept album in and of itself that's sort of freestanding. 
let's hear it. Yeah. Yeah, let's just delete it. Never mind. After oh, should this. we just delete this whole <laughs> episode? No. Four minute track again. A lot two more. Yeah. We're close to. All right, so we go. We got two more tracks left. Come and Die by Therapy? Question mark and Fatal. Four minutes and thirty. I don't seconds. know anything about these. I don't know this anything is literally. About this is if we're talking about the fork in the road where it goes to like shitsville when it comes to like rap rock. <laughs> then you go to Corn and the other guys we talked about, Incubus, whoever. Uh, what's the one? How do I can I don't remember them? Fred Durst. What's Fred Durst? Jeez, I don't. Yeah, I would say more. Limp um, Biscuit. Yeah. I forget yeah. now, but Limp Biscuit. I'd say more Limp Biscuit. Oh, oh, right? sure. I you, I mean, but you know what I'm saying. I, I mean, I'm staying on the spectrum of shit. Yeah. And yeah, Limp Biscuit is there. Yeah, these guys go to like we're the shittier version of that. And uh, this, this is probably they could have, they should have just not had this one on the album and had ten, ten, ten tracks. It's really yeah, bad. Yeah, they should have. Cut and it. it's, I don't know it's what too overt with the. So at least they're like intimating it at other things and they're trying to be violent or they're saying there's something about violence that maybe also be self-inflicted you know some of those scarier ones they're talking about looking inside yourself while you're the victim or those this is just like come and die come and die with me it's just like funny it's literally a yeah. baseball pretty, bat to your face pretty heavy. and it's but it's like sucks because it's not even like a good baseball yeah. bat it's like a baseball bat made out of shit yeah. And I don't know, too, like they've gone back and yeah. forth between lighter and heavier, and they're like, oh, we got to get a heavier song in here. Um, and maybe it didn't help yeah. that um, Rage's song. They yeah, it could have gone the 11 one or something. Because yeah, like maybe that was supposed to go right here. Or 10, <laughs> yeah. Or you take yeah. it out and you just and, have the, um, the 10. So. That, yeah. Sorry, therapy. Sorry, fatal. We don't know shit about you. No one does. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> But I'm sure there's a lot of people. Uh, that you know what? I, I know it's not politically correct to say like it, but track, uh, so. therapy and fatal. I hope you uh, both got coronavirus. <laughs> well, oh my gosh! <laughs> that's what they made me just feel like died. with their piece of shit song. <laughs> hey, yeah. So you I hope, hope you come and die with us from coronavirus.
That was actually originally Coca-Cola. No, I forgot that I like this one a lot. That was that was a real thing called Real Thing. What could have made it better? Three minutes and thirty seconds. So they've got the you know you have the two and I forget their names from Cypress Hill. I used to know their names. Um, and then not really, you, I think it's got to be whoever does sort of the backup singing of Pearl Jam typically, maybe Stone Gossard. But what, what do you think would have made taking it over the top? Just to have Eddie in the background being like, That's what happened. They cut it out. <laughs> or another body murder. <laughs> he was the guy. The Facebook the murder. war guy was He's like, Eddie, do not do that other real thing. Because we're trying to get back. Buddy. <laughs> and now I'm going <laughs> real thing. Kind of interesting. I think because they're the best with no the band. I mean, they're some of the best with the band. So they were like, well, and they're one of the biggest hip hop artists come 92, 93. And uh, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. They, were they got Pearl the good Jam combos. And, Sonic Youth. Man, and they got the combination. Yeah, I think Steve Vedder was involved more, or his voice was in there, some, something, I guess, would be the... But I bet you like, if you look this up, it's like he's probably him, um, it is maybe thing. him manipulating his voice to do the... And I think this is, this is yeah, Pearl Jam probably. being a little experimental, right? In terms of like their, the sounds they're using and things, yeah. Which they were, they were, yeah, I think, a lot different. on, probably the most on like Vitology, which... Uh, was around this time that this was coming out, or right after this, yeah. Yeah, that was a good, yeah. Really, I, I think really you could have instead of doing "Fallen," you could have started at that at the end of this song with the real thing. That would have been kind of cool, right? You could have done it. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it could have. Um, was it wasn't Cypress Hill and House? I think so. The Simpsons. Yeah. I mean, Pearl Jam was. I think Pearl Jam was, right? That's kind of weird, too. There's a lot of, like, somehow these little ties. I think it's just who was big in the mid-early 90s is sort of what what a lot of that is. Yeah. Yeah, But, yeah, I I don't know. Did you – what did we miss in all of this as a wrap-up? Like, what did we miss as – I don't know. Is there a Takashi that you can think of? Is there any – yeah. Well, since most of the tracks really aren't yeah. in the movie. Oh no, it's the other way around. Yeah. Sorry, most of the anything in the movie not on the soundtrack. Probably just no. If anything, the closest thing to me is um, probably some of the Dennis Leary rants, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. Or like some of them are kind of poetic or something. So maybe that's like the closest is. Couple yeah, of this, or couple maybe of this the, like the best things pieces. that that should they they could have put his um. It's like the in between, like the little, like yeah, little. Yeah, they could have thrown uh, that in. Skits. Yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's a good call. Yeah. Yes. 
mix some of that in there. Yeah. I'm trying to cool think of idea. what else. That's kind of stuck. That's what sticks out to me in the movie because um, Emilio Estevez didn't really work the best in the movie. Like we mentioned earlier, he was a late entry. I mean, he wasn't horrible, but they kind of never really developed kind of why those guys were like, I don't know. They just hinted yeah. like they're so macho. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the movie, the, again, I think yeah. this. this... <laughs> Just like, oh, he used to, your brother used to be such a bad. I, that's why I said, like, I think you just kind of, yeah, you throw out, I just, you throw out the movie, I think, on this one, other than the the Leary parts. And then the soundtrack again, uh, thanks to Happy Gilmore (laughs) Muse, what's his real name? Happy Walter. uh, Happy Walter. um, Yeah, Yeah, it's just like, this is a great standalone, as we just heard. Right. I mean, I, I just enjoyed listening to it again. And it's the, the second time I listened to it a couple of weeks going. Yeah, I, I just this is one you could put on and keep keep on and keep going and listening to it. So that. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about the movie. And then I, I don't know. I'm tr- I really am not trying to think. I mean, we've rented the tool and and you can listen to the tool and uh, Rage Against the Machine song. It's it's pretty experimental. And I guess that's why they didn't put it on. But that wouldn't necessarily be. It just means they left it off the soundtrack. There wasn't. What was there in the movie that was a song, or a feeling? I think. I think you might have hit it on the head there. With uh, maybe it's just having having those voiceovers in between the songs, or having Sylvester's like yeah. um, a couple, couple of the electronic scores on like the re-release. Now that would. Yeah, but I'm saying on that's the what one they with did. all well, the I songs. Think it's when they released the you score, put, you, you intersperse those three. Yeah. Or what yeah. if they would have paired up Sylvester <laughs> with a rap group or something? That was Sylvester. If you hear us, get maybe with. They can still do that. Get with Booyah. Give me <laughs> therapy and fatal. Throw in a little <laughs> bit of Booyah tribe, but yeah. That's coming back. Those are the like yeah, and then like head. some conga drums from Predator Two. <laughs> no, but yeah, if I get if I I hope I'm trying not to obviously very heavily, but if somehow I get the virus, um, I'm gonna play this soundtrack. Okay, well I'll just tell you right now as you I uh, you know cremate my body, whether it's dying from this or dying from anything else, I want this playing on repeat in the coffin until it either it gets burned up or you, you can put me in the ground, whatever one you want to do. Get the virus, but I'm saying I want as either you guys do first. You could do an acoustic version at the ceremony for me of whichever song you want to do. I'd like it if you did Booyah Tribe, but you can do whatever you want. Uh, And then (laughs) no, we're just gonna play "Come and Die" over and over again. Yeah, yeah, like mom, these aren't even the good freaks. This is the worst freak out one, and it's horrible. Actually, even. Even mom would like listen to "Come and Die" and he loves like, oh, that's, that's a not lot. Good. It's different. <laughs> not good. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, like this sounds. The other one, she's scared. This reminds me of like Inagata Devita. Scared of Russ's kids. But... It was about as hardcore as we ever got. Was Inagata Devita? Isn't bad though. <laughs> that dad and mom got. <laughs> that they still reference. Yeah, I don't know. So any, I don't. What did we miss? Any of our awards? Um, you'd, you'd, you'd bang the, you'd bang the gang leader. I'd bang the no, wife. No, not because really, it's really uh, a plot. Takashi is is uh, Leary's monologues. 
Um, didn't we do a different one? Yeah. Yeah. I long mean, intro, long intro, probably really the closest intro, is the, the another body murder, right? Just in terms of the singing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Because uh, he goes, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so we got it. So again, it doesn't quite That's pretty fit good. our standard soundtrack. Again, we wanted to flip it, flip it a little bit with, with doing Judgment Night, but we think it's worth it. Again, not not the same as what these 80s movies, whereas where they're where there's totally they all those feel so much more integrated this felt a little off to the side but still a great soundtrack that i would we would tell everybody to listen to i i still get chills listening to it uh, all the way through especially those really really good ones yep watch the uh watch this uh, movie um listen to the soundtrack we always plug both each time um yeah we ragged on the movie a little bit but it is fun Especially if you've never seen it, especially if you haven't seen it in a while, it's fun to go through it kind of one more time and get a little bit of suspense. Listen to the soundtrack on this one. You're probably I, I don't the, the record store. CD. Yeah, the record Hopefully store by me had player. it, and I don't think I one bought it fine. because I think they had it at like fifty dollars because everybody. So that was one I was like, okay, I got to save up, but uh, wow. maybe that'll be the first thing I do when I go back and everybody's open again is support them by buying the Judgment Night soundtrack on vinyl. Then look out for our, we'll have another episode next month for, for May. Yeah. But uh, like we and, always uh, say. Thanks for listening. Like, attention. Oh, shoppers have special food at we frozen a department over the meat. Food. Dead. All right. Meat. No, I woke up this morning feeling So much my heart just does not understand. There were times nothing really mattered. Now